So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Machabili alongside my critique and partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hola, hola, hola. And this is another episode of Bears, Beats, and Billy. Yeah. And yeah, man, two more weeks until the big day, man, the big Christmas day. Yeah, Jesus fake birthday. Woo, woo. Yes, the, the, the day yeah. that, you know, all the kids believe from since they grew up is the actual day when Jesus Christ was born. <laughs> yes. Until they get well, like old and they realize, um, no, it's, it's like a January. <laughs> it's like January or something. Middle January, 12th or some bullshit, so. Yeah, something like that. Oh, anyway. no, 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 I'm confusing it, I'm confusing it. Is, is Isaac Newton, I really used to think Isaac Newton was born in December 25th, and that's not true. Is oh, actually, really? is sometime in January, because it, the, the calendar was different, and that's a double trip. Okay. Yeah, I was always confused with that. No, Jesus is sometime in the summer, if anything. Some people, most people argue that. Yeah. Uh, whatever. All right, anyway, this this, uh, yeah, this podcast is not about religion. I know there's other podcasts out there where you could, you know, go but, on and that, but... But, but it might have some religion in the in the story in one of the shows yes, reviewed. In one of the shows that we're going to review. <laughs> so um, today we're going to talk about uh, a whole lot of stuff. So right. first off, some some decent enough trailers came out um last week at the time of this recording. Yeah. So we're going to just run through right. those rather quickly, and then we're yeah. going to jump into TV. Well, two shows from HBO. Um, yeah. Still giving us that high quality TV. So first off, we're going to talk about Westworld, one of the most highly anticipated TV shows of this year, and uh, sort of on the reader kind of show that came out. But you know, it it, it got some um, positive feedback. But I know a lot of people weren't really thinking about it that much because, and as you find thing about HBO, more people, you know, look forward to the hour long shows and not so much the half hour shows. Bowlers, for example. But in this case, I'm talking about yeah. Insecure. Yeah, which is the um, well season one of Insecure, I should say, which is the latest project from African American comedian Ray. Isaac Ray. Yeah, Isaac Ray. Yeah. Well, sorry, Isaac Ray. Why am I saying Isaac yeah. Ray? My bad. <laughs> right. Um, right. Which but came out this isn't. Yeah. Right. So following that, we're going to talk about a comedy drama film which came out this year called Don't Think Twice. Ricardo yeah. actually got a chance to see it. I haven't heard of the yeah. film at all. Um, I know a couple of the actors in it, um, Keegan, Michael, yeah. Key, Key, sorry, and yeah. um, Jacobs. I know those two. They're talented yeah. comedians. Yeah. Uh, following that, I'm going to talk about, um, well, like, uh, like I mentioned before in my last uh, podcast, you know, December being the month where I have to kind of come with my best and worst stuff list, I have to go into that deep, dark abyss of terrible movies. And... I managed to come out alive after seeing one film called The Darkness, which apparently was supposed to be a supernatural horror film, but turned out to be way worse than that. So yeah. I, I, I was brave enough to see it. I know Ricardo is the type of person that wouldn't even, you know, wouldn't even look at the trailer for less, but um, I, I took it in because, you know, curiosity kills the cat and whatnot, so I will share my thoughts on that. And then we're going to move from the United States. We're going to head over to South Korea. We're going to talk about two movies which came out recently from there. First off is uh, The Handmaiden, which was yeah. um, directed by Park Chan-wook. And yeah, we're going to end things off with a zombie apocalypse horror film called Train to Busan. Okay. Yeah, which I'll say one time, a lot of people, actually a few critics in particular, were calling this one of the best zombie movies of the 21st century. Actually, if you go on this uh, specific website, Taste of Cinema, which is a very good site if you want to get like top 10 lists, but you know, it's all about people who are into film criticism, so they could actually write their own stuff and have it posted online. 
Right. This one particular guy, I, I think the, the article either came out today or, or yesterday, saying why this show is the best zombie movie of the 21st century. I just glanced right. through. He gave 10 points. I was like, all right, okay, teacher's own. All right, yeah. But I saw it. Um, Ricardo didn't get a chance to see it. So right. um, yeah, I, I will share that. my thoughts on that. All right. So let's start off with uh, movie trailers. Uh, let me just get the um, the 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 unexpected the one, one out of the way. Well, well, we get to the big one soon enough. But let me oh, the unexpected the, one. The unexpected one. Well, uh, yeah, uh, what I, I would you like to Yeah, I think I was more thinking about the Baywatch one. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't give a shit about it. It's like whatever. <laughs> no, no. no um, I, yeah. it, well, well, the Baywatch okay. one is is kind of going off the same trend that Twenty One Jump Street did. And right. Would, so which, I, fortunately, which is kind of self-referential. Hey, we're making fun of a show that isn't supposed to be a comedy shtick, which you know, Twenty One Jump Street did. And right. I mean, all I will say is that it looks good. I mean, Dwayne Johnson doesn't disappoint. He doesn't pick crappy roles. We'll forget about the Tooth Fairy and um, what's this other show? Uh, the one where he was this um, the game plan, which was highly forgettable. Right. But <laughs> yeah, this one here looks fun. It doesn't take itself seriously. Clearly. Has Zach right. Efron, who I haven't been the biggest fan of, but I see that he's trying to get his um his comedic chops up. Although right. you know, I heard that Dirty Grandpa was horrible, and yes, that's actually one. Dirty Grandpa was pretty bad, and then suffer through. That was pretty bad, and then he did another one. You know, that was pretty um, bad, and then he did another neighbors, one with uh, which I haven't seen. Yeah, no, was it? Yeah, the neighbors one is the one I was thinking of. That one was terrible. Okay, okay, I thought you were talking about Dirty Grandpa. Okay, that one so I want to see. Both, both were bad. Both were pretty bad, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. But once again, you know, after I want to see how bad the shows are, that kind of thing. But anyway. Right. But yeah, but what are your thoughts on the B-Watch trailer? Did you care about it or just yeah. like, eh, well. I, uh, uh, it, I think it's going to be bad. They're going to try to, try to, you know, get a lightning that 21 Jump Street did, but it's going to be rubbish. And, you know, what? the problem with these comedies, you know, is this half-assed script and then the over-reliance on improv and... This is a, uh, you know, we're going to talk about doing things twice because it has a lot of improv in that. This is a perfect example of when not to use improv. And yeah, I get the feeling you're going to have that bullshit. There's a set of improv in it. Improv, improv, improv. Half ass the script. Yeah, they'll just do a ton of improv, do a bunch of takes, and then take the best of that. You'll see a bunch of like jokes and ideas that wasn't even in the trailer at all, or like the same scene, but it's a different set of dialogue and things because they do a different take. Um, I really, really hate that formula. It's incredibly lazy and unfunny. And most of the time, it just, it just falls flat. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be any good, but whatever. I don't really give a shit at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking good. about trailers that we really didn't care about, we, we just had to mention briefly that Mummy trailer came out last week Sunday. Yeah, we saw that. And here's I, the thing. Like, I don't I know if this is universal style. Like, they all say it's coming out on Sunday. So, like, right now at the time of this record, which is on a Sunday, I was expecting the Fast A trailer to come out, but apparently it hasn't yet. So, I don't know if I'll right. wait till 11 o'clock right. to see it. But anyway, this, right. this mummy trailer was very, very, very underwhelming. What I didn't like, yeah, though, I... is that it, it really was... I don't know. It's just it didn't feel like the original film. I, I know it doesn't have to be like, you know, what Stephen Summers did back in 99 with the sort of right. adventure Indiana Jones vibe, which I loved the most about that, that um, you know, the mummy one and two. We'll forget about three. Right. Part three didn't exist. But this one was yeah, trying to go for some kind of dark sort of... World War Z esque kind of vibe thing, right? And then <laughs> you have Tom Cruise with this gilly screen that ah, th- that kind of thing. Yeah. That, that was right. like the highlight I... of the whole thing. But other than that, the mummy looks terrible. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Enchantress, that Enchantress looking mummy 
doesn't look yeah. that frightening to me as compared to like Emotep. Uh, right. What else? And the one thing that I know a lot of people didn't really take, you know, didn't wasn't really pissed off. Or yes, yes, Tom Cruise started the show, but you see Russell Crowe in one shot. Couldn't I put his name in the credits? Come on. Right. Yeah, Russell I don't waste my time. Oscar winner. Oscar. I don't waste my time with, with, with. I didn't waste my time. But yeah, that and oh, and and this on in closing, I find that the trailer gave a little too much. Yes, you have this moment when you're on the plane, and then this happened, and that like that that make up like the, the like half of the entire trailer. The trailer's like yeah, oh, I, what two and a half minutes, but you know. But anyway, but to me, I I don't know if, if, if this is true. Before we move on, it feels like that was like a last minute edit. Like they were rushing this thing on Sunday. It's like okay, Sunday is almost done. We have to put this out. Okay, boom, here you go. Aha. Yeah, uh, yeah. I but pretty yeah. much it. I I just totally dismiss it. It is a set of bullshit that we saw time. Yeah. We are fucking time. Right. So from 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 a, from a unnecessary remake to a great remake, or I should say, sequel of a great remake, we got right. the first trailer for War of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. This yes. one gave me Hype. chills. Oh my god. Dicks. I tell you, dicks out. <laughs> that was for, crazy. Dick. Matthew, dicks out for Cobra. I mean, oh this movie my looking so, god. <laughs> they're looking so well, so so good. Um, you know, it's a franchise that it it really strikes the balance of how to do action movie but take yourself somewhat seriously at the same time yeah, I mean, which the first did. two films yeah what dawn and, yeah, yeah. Both, and um, rise it yeah right both rise and dawn were solid films for me but i really enjoyed dawn um too, just so too, well shot you know they're really impressed they're really impressed with somebody yeah the cinematography is pretty damn good it's still a, a normal film and you know it it, it you're taking it somewhat seriously and then they do <laughs> they had cobra riding a horse firing machine guns it's like well yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> Right. Uh, another thing, big recommendation if anybody was the well, anybody who didn't have the DVD for Dawn, um, there's these three awesome short films that br- bridges the gap between one and two. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yes, it, it's actually quite brilliant. So they have uh, they show uh, the events of one year after the virus, five years after the virus, and then about ten years after the virus. The third one that covers the entire span of this gun is is a is a short film called Gun. That was so well done. It's easily one of the best short films I've seen in a while. Is, and it, yeah, it is, is it animated or is it um, live no, action? No, no, not animated. Live action. All, oh, all, all three of them live action. And it's just it's really, it has really well done. That one with Gun is really well done. I was so impressed with that. Um, it could have so, uh, worked I on its own. I imagine this is where the apes finally learn how to use um, firearms. No, right? no, no. You'll see, okay. you'll see what it was. Well, a little bit. But you'll see what, what they do with it. Um, when they, with, with all with um, the last, with all three of it. Okay. Uh, and it basically just, it could have been, a, a, it, you could tell it's just like these, you know, short film, you know, relatively small filmmakers. And they just decided to splice it into the Planet of the Apes universe. And it just totally worked. All three of these short stories are quite good. But that third one was really well done. Um, right. Anyway, I'm I just really love this remake franchise. This remake franchise is so solid for me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, me great, too, me too. Uh, good um, quality blockbuster. It's not, it's not an arty film, but you know, it, it just has some well-made, good, good conscientious filmmaking. Solid filmmaking. So you yeah. can't go wrong. But yeah, and um, this third movie looks great. Yeah, but but just I mean, just to get back to that trailer though, um, I love it. I love the music that they use. I love that they used um, not Cobra actually. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting names here. The Caesar, leader. Caesar, right? Caesar's Caesar, yeah. basically kind of narrating this trailer, talking the way how he normally talks, you know, because you know he he finally started to speak in the in the um in dawn, you know, right. and even with Woody Harrelson, which I'm still kind of wondering. What is oh, his role I, I, in this in this story? I mean, yeah, no, that, no, I, no, I, I he, don't hate this guy though. He's a great actor. No, no, but I just yeah. want to know what he's up to. 
No, no, yeah, we, well, you can, I, I, to me, the trailer kind of just spelled out what exactly you're going to be doing, uh, which is basically the last stand for humanity. Yeah. Because they they seem to be referencing, well, this one kind of, well, okay, we could ignore the Tim Burton bullshit movie. Of course, yeah, that, in, that didn't exist, orig- no. Right, the original films, um, they kind of try to link it now to show, well, this is how the war play out in, in one timeline. Because right. the Planet of the Apes franchise is kind of like the Terminator franchise in that way, where it's multiple timelines, a lot of time travel bullshit went down now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, with it, you what you're gonna do is you're gonna basically show the last quote-unquote stand of organized humanity now. Uh, with this, that's why I kind of got gather from it. And in Planet of the Apes, that was a big reveal, right? That it was Earth all along. Yeah. Um, the Charlton Heston film, which is, in my opinion is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this one is it. Is it? Is like this is the end of humanity with this last one. That the Apes gonna take over. This is how. This is why. Um, what is the only thing I did from the trailer is mysterious is that. There's this human girl that they're taking care of for some reason. So I want to see what yeah. that's about. Um, I wonder if that's it's like a, like they just happen to kidnap her during some some attack or something. I don't know. Yeah. Right. We don't know. But the, the apes, the thing is, is, is now we're going to see Koba's side of the argument because Koba was the bad guy last time. Yep. He didn't hold peace at all, and you could totally understand why. And course, then yeah. yeah, Koba dead, and now you know Caesar getting pushed to the point where Koba was in that sense now. Koba, so Koba arguments are to like come become somewhat valid because of hum- human behavior now. Yeah. Um, I just want to see how this going gonna play out. I really thoroughly enjoyed the last film, and I this trailer was so well done for me. Yes, uh, yes it was. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna really enjoy this. Yeah. All right. So two more trailers to go. Spider-Man: yeah. Homecoming. Yeah, boy. <laughs> oh boy. That was fun. Uh, that was fun. I love that that opening scene. There. So, solid trailer. Um, I wasn't blown away, blown away by it. it no, was no, just no, no, solid no. business. It, it wasn't like a, a uh, civil war kind of trailer. It was right. Just, civil just war. The tone and the vibe <laughs> so, and everything, and I love it. Yeah, no civil war. Civil war first trailer, especially when they showed the um when when Bucky and Cap was doing that one, come on, Iron Man for the yeah. first time. That well, just blew blew me blew me away last time. Yeah, so well, I, I, this actually, one actually, is... I'm, actually, I'm in the second trailer where we saw Spider Man. Remember those reaction videos? Right. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man. That's hype. Yeah, that's what I mean. No, that's even, what. even even first even was first trailer, I, I was really impressed by. I just yeah, love that too, first. Trailer. Yeah, Um, that trailer uh, with Spider Man, it's really good introductory stuff. It's more the high school character stuff. I love. You get to see a little glimpse of Donald Glover. The show. The I forget the Hispanic woman from Orange is the New Black. She's the older Hispanic woman in charge of the kitchen. Oh, um, oh gosh, one of my favorite act- actresses. Yeah, I forget, I forget, but I forget she, the name though. Yeah, right. She's the physics teacher, and while while Spidey was watching his his footage when he was during the, during the scene in Captain America with him in the airport. Um, yeah, although yeah. although the footage part didn't really make sense. It's like, wait, who who filmed this exactly? <laughs> I don't. Know, yeah. Uh, um, but one but, thing people were, were were worried about is how much of Tony Stark would you see. Right, yeah. that was a big complaint. I I, I get a feeling that they might. I hope they don't do it too much. Like we don't get to see Tony Stark interfering too much of that kind of thing. But it it's a smart move because with Spider Man you have to establish him in the universe properly. Of with course. Civil War he's in the universe, but in this in in um in this movie now you have to have it flow narratively and have it make sense. Okay, he is in the universe, and then well, how come he not blah blah blah, and how come other Avengers not here? And you had to do all of that little little um road paving now. When it comes to the narrative, and yeah, Tony Stark is a perfect way to, to do that. Marvel, I think, know exactly what they're doing with this. And it's yeah, I remember these movies aren't for the nerds like me. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff for nerds, but it's for the mainstream audiences who, you know, they don't remember every little detail from these films. And I think and it's actually quite actually, yeah. I have no, right, I have no complaints a, about that. Right, it's actually a quite quite an intelligent move from the on Marvel's part, in my opinion. I don't think it'll black backfire. If it have too much Iron Man, it'll be a problem. But um, if it just a little bit and it's a little little too something and it just write him out. 
and figure out a good way to, to have him not be in it is perfect because he is the, the, the still the kind of the locus of the MCU in many ways, um, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, they still have to have him as the selling point and make it push and push forward. No. So I am pretty hyped. Look good. Um, where's this, where's this boy named Birdman coming back yeah, as yeah, a Birdman? Keaton, Vulture, yeah, right? which, is, which is very clever. I love that. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's career has now come full circle in a postmodern sense. Of course, um, yeah. You know, he played Batman to play Birdman, which is a parody, kind of parody and, and send-up of Batman. And then to play Vulture, who's a character who's a Birdman. Yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah a whole I thing. love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I looking good. Is, uh, Vulture is a good, solid villain to start with. Um, well, everybody compared it to, to the Tobey Maguire scene with the ship. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The train. Uh, uh, so the big comparisons right there. Uh, yeah, I I hyped. I, I want to see it. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna. I, I actually don't like this trailer anywhere near as much as the plan to the Apes trailer. But yeah. yeah. Uh, and solid. And one, one thing I, I really like though is that it's not taking itself too seriously, like the Sony. Um, well, the oh, yeah, previous yeah, that's, Sony that, that's, um, trailers that's, for you know the Amazing Spider-Man right. was about discover the truth yeah. behind right. Spider-Man or like stuff, and then it's like, oh well, that's the it. Garfield really. Films? The Garfield films made the mistake of well, other than just being kind of crappy films on their own. Kind of uh, crappy, Gar- you say? <laughs> right. I didn't. No, I didn't hate it anywhere near as much as other people did. But yeah, it it just was just bland and kind of forgettable. And the Boring. biggest mistake it made, <laughs> the biggest mistake it made was this all this nonsense world building that nobody gave a shit about. Yeah, um, all this stuff with the parents and yeah, 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 such a stupid world building. Us, and all that. Kids, yeah, yeah, dude. Because because they try to do the world building stuff with you know the, yeah the parents is this and well you know well in the comics the, the parents in many narratives are, are shield agents, um and you learn that way later. But it's like yeah I don't care about that and who cares? Just make it about Spidey and didn't really do that. You know Amazing Spider-Man one I didn't hate all that much. It just came and went forgettable. Yeah. Um, but Amazing Spider-Man two was just such a mess. Oh and I, I, You understand? Jimmy Even though it still made. Why right, they could do that to my boy Jamie? Why? Why? Yeah, the Limited Riddler. Why? Right. And anyway. Anyway, so whatever. Yeah, this this is Spider-Man. Look, Spider-Man back in the MCU. Great. Yes, uh, hype yes. for it. Happy. Good. Moving on. Yes. And now Love let's it. save the best for last. <laughs> Transformers The Last yeah. Night. Which is supposedly oh, the last Transformers film that will be directed by our favorite action author, Michael B. Yeah, bullshit. Well, I think that's bullshit, but well, bullshit, <laughs> as soon as this thing make a ton of money, you doing, doing eight of them. No, although, yes, although he could say, "Oh well, I have bad boys three and four to fall back on." Nah, yes, we haven't bad bullshit. boys three and four, but oh gosh, he, he got he the thing, eh? for this thing. So, so Michael Bay basically at this point, you know, you know the script, the script says, "Boom, what do you want?" That's why I get the feeling is that if you just go and read the actual script, you'll just see, "Boom." And and auto, onomatopoeia for explosions <laughs> on the, in the screenplay itself. That is all yeah. you're gonna see in that. Um, I, I would love to read. It. I would love to read the script for for Transformers though. At least one. Yeah, no, they they leak ever so often. I read the script for three and four, and it's like, yeah, this is a complete mess, complete rubbish. Um, he this one looks terrible. Uh, as uh, like all the rest of them, I expect it to get between twenty five to thirty five on Rotten Tomatoes. If it gets higher than if it gets higher than forty five, I'll be really shocked, really shocked. Like. What? They actually go that high with these movies. Um, he, this movie, gonna, looking like shit. Nothing makes sense. Um, the last one was probably one of the worst, but this one looking going to be just as bad. I don't really care. Um, Anthony Hopkins in the trailer, voicing yeah, yeah. the character for some reason, whatever. Um, yeah, see, and it, that's the sad part. They just get these good people in. And all that kind of stuff. Like, really? Right. Dude, come yeah. on. Whatever. Um, here's the thing. If they, make, they may make some homages to... They may make some homages to, to um, Transformers the movie with uh, Unicron. 
Don't, right. So I, I look at my guess some Unicron, but yeah, they might I hear they might be doing some like extra universe stuff and, and expanded universe stuff from Gen two and Gen three. Um okay. it will, if I don't I forget the name is I think it's the Quintessons or something like that. Basically it's the creator of the Transformers, these guys who have like floating heads and their heads spin spin while they're talking or something like that. That was yeah, in the animated movie, yeah. Do we yeah, what? And it, that, was, that, that was what they were, okay. I thought it was just yeah, some they, entity that was just there killing Transformers now, which well, if I, if I, I, I remember, now I remember if, from the movie. If I remember that, it, it they're supposed to be that. that I forget if it's called the Quintessons, but they're supposed to be the creators of the Transformers. If I remember correctly, I think so. Okay. Um. Anyway, they. they yeah, I don't really. I'm not too hyped. Um. It looked like a mess. Here's the only thing that is a saving grace: the Transformers franchise can end up turning out to be like the Fast and the Furious franchise, where they took themselves so seriously and it was a set of bullshit, and then at five it started to get good. Because it like stopped taking itself seriously and just have fun and just know to make a good entertaining movie. Yeah. Like I hope that happened. I hope much like with Fast and the Furious, the last three Fast and the Furious films were like that. Five, six, and seven was like, yeah, we stopped taking ourselves seriously and they take the, and they started just do nonsense with it and they, they make it work for the most. That it actually better than taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, I mean they it, had fun. Approach. They realized that you know it's I a know. goofy kind of premise I, anyway, yeah, so let's have yeah, fun with yes. it. Here's my main problem with the Transformers franchise. It fails at doing what it's supposed to do, which is interesting action. Because I don't expect... That's my big problem with those films, is that... Even you know, the first one? I mean, no, the first well, one, I, still, I was still defending the first one. The first one yeah, me too. was, was, no, me was too. great for what it was, popcorn entertainment, but right. everything else no, other than that was just terrible. No, me too. The first one actually worked in terms of the action. Action yeah. was actually quite smart. It worked in a certain extent. Again, the first one is still an utterly mediocre film. But if you look yeah, in yeah. terms of in terms of its relative score, it's much higher than the sequels. How much is um, it? Um, fifty something, I think, is on. Uh, yeah, RTV. yeah, it's in the upper fifties in, in Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Um, I, you know, the first one actually had a decent enough story. Now here's the thing, eh? Two things they did smart with that first one. One, they made the action work. Yes. It had some kick, genuinely kick-ass action in it. Like, it had a part where one of the robots was rollerblading and then yeah, bust on, on, on a freeway. That was... That yeah, was that, so was badass. that was badass. It had nothing like that in the sequel. And then they had... um that When Starscream was transforming and taking all the jets and then transforming yes, in yes, mid-air. Yes. I love taking that, all the jets. that sequence. That was yeah. kick-ass. Um, I was, like, really impressed with that. But the, the sequels just kind of half-assed it and didn't give a shit. And I didn't... That was the main failure with the sequels is that the action was boring. Yeah, action and then they had this terrible attempts at humor... You know, right? No, that's yeah. All that shit I would have cut. I would have cut that from the first film still. But then the sequel just started just do bullshit, didn't care. And as that, that's where it failed for me is that it, it failed to at least be entertaining. I don't want any brilliant look. It's not it's not um 2001 and Space Odyssey. I don't want no Kubrick film. I just want good action, genuinely entertaining, imaginative action. Try to do that with a very bare bone story, and you're good. That's all you need to do with a Transformers movie. Nobody else, and then make references. Make references to the to the cartoons a little bit, and then give me that. Like, how come Megatron didn't turn to a gun yet? What the fuck? I know, no right? Like yeah. Little shit like that that just bothered the hell out of me. He don't have to turn to a gun, you know. He could turn to like a hand cannon where he mount himself and transformers, you know, Im- you know, improving another transformer or something. And then he turns to like a Mega Man style cannon or some shit like that. Yeah. And then do that. At least do some shit like that now. Finally, you know, make references to the cartoon. Whatever. Yeah. I expect <sighs> what 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 I want him to do. Two things. Uh, I expect them to just not take themselves seriously and they should just outright just start to make crossovers with the other material like for the sixth film bringing you know the, the Beast Wars or some shit like that just do that like just cater well, to the they, they try to do something like that with the, with the Dinobots and it failed no, no, no that's, that's Dinobots Dinobots is something different you have Beast Wars which is a whole different 
time thing now. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Do Beast Wars. Give me like give me some shit like that. In fact, look, you could just say fuck it and then just do anything, you know. You could like fucking bring the fast and the furious guys in that shit. Dude, bring G.I. Joe into this. Something, yeah, like just crossover and stuff. That would make so much sense eh, when you think about it. Hasbro, get it. Like, I, I know, they could totally like do the fast and the furious crossover with Transformers and that shit would sell gangbusters. It easily make a billion, I'm telling you. Yeah. Just have, yeah, have the Dominator Toretto driving, you know, Bumblebee or some shit like that, whoever. You're good. You're just, and then do a half a script, mix it up, and you will make a billion dollars. You don't have to give a fuck. Stop caring about your bullshit too much. Whoever, they still make money. Exactly. Well, what I would say about, about this before we move on, um, the fifth one, um, well, it was Age of Extinction. Sorry, the fourth one. Oh, the fourth bad. one. Yeah, that's Age of Extinction. Yeah, rubbish. When it was trying to be all dark and edgy and, oh, well, this yeah, is yeah, not the Shia buff stuff it, anymore. It, this is all, yeah, I, you, you know. know. You know what's pissing me off about it? It, had a, it, had try, it tried to have, like, all these high-minded ideas in it. It's yes. like about... No, it's, about, it's, it's like a trilogy's worth of, like, ideas it put they have yeah. this transformium thing, which they right. only show like no. in the first act, but then in the end, where they were in China and doing all, right. sorry, Hong Kong, nobody had it. I was like, all this stuff going on, you tell me nobody, no scientists had transforming and they had turned the guns and defend themselves. No, it just forgotten. And then yeah, no, all this no, thing no, with, with I, Megatron I being Galvatron, right? It only brought up in the beginning and the end. Like, okay, you know what I mean? But, no, but, no, but no, this one, they fucked that up, though. Yeah, this one. Okay, I see. I see what they're trying to do with the historical thing. They're trying to make it bigger than expected. Because remember right. the first one, it was found in some um, some ice. Uh, in ice. It was a ship that 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 sank in uh, in the Arctic or some kind of thing. Arctic, so, yeah, that bullshit. Yeah, yeah, some kind of thing. So, but okay, expanded. But Nazis and uh, knights all of a sudden. I I don't know. Yeah, and yeah. I know Anthony Hopkins narration <laughs> could make sense of that. I'm sorry. You know, right? But and it is get, it's get, it's get good actors in it. Like, who's the big actor they had in the last Mark one? Mark uh, Wahlberg. Fucking, uh, yeah, he's in it. No, no, that, he's not a big actor. They had um, this one. He was playing the, the um, the Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer was there, but the other one, um, shit, was was in China with the Chinese girl. Oh shit, what's his name? But you know the game. Not, not John. T- not, not Tutoro. No, no, no. Um, shit. Well, John Tutoro had a little, little cameo. Um, yeah. not small role. Jeez, um, uh, see, I only saw the movie once, so I can't remember. <laughs> oh God, fuck! Where's his name? But I'm looking up your name now. <sighs> you, you look uh, up. But anyway, but yeah, but this one here, taking this up too seriously it, again. Um, the song doesn't really work. Although uh, you, you know, when it comes to, to Transformers trailers, I mean, yes, the the final product is is terrible, but nothing could ever beat like the song that they use for the third movie, Dark of the Moon. Right. That song, that that instrumental that they use was so. It, it kind of captured everything about that. I would say it's probably one of right. the best trailers I've ever seen, even though the movie was probably one of the worst Transformers movies I've ever seen. Right. But For me, this yeah. fifth one, this song that they use, I, I forgot the name of it, but it just doesn't fit. It makes it actually, too dramatic. Actually, the thing is, the thing with the, with the third film is that the, I didn't... I, I, I didn't like it. I felt it no, was... No, it here the thing, eh? no, here's to, the thing. Yeah, it's yeah. the thing. It's not the worst film, because I'll, I'll say Pong for Pong, probably the second film is the worst. Oh yeah, um, of, of course. That, that but, was when people started to laugh at, at the but franchise. For, for me, I I don't know. It's something about the third film I just hated the most because with the, with the second film it was a mess. But I, from what I remember, if I remember correctly, they had to deal with the writer strike at the time. Remember the writer strike? Yeah. They had to deal with that, so I could understand why it would feel like it would still kind of suck, but it it sucked more than it should have. Um, so I didn't really mind but with the third film you can say alright we're gonna improve and really make a good script and, and make up for the second film and they didn't do that at all no the pacing was nonsense. terrible acting was and then, terrible and then, yeah and then by the by the time the fourth film came out 
it was like, well, I just kind of gave up and didn't give a shit. Oh, the character, I'm trying to remember, um, the actor is Stan- Stanley Tucci. Oh, yes. He was yes, my favorite yes, in, yes, in the fourth film. Right. right. Anyway, the fourth film came on and I just stopped giving a shit. I just treated it like, like a Tommy Wiseau film at this point. It was like, yeah, this is just a Tommy Wiseau film with billions of dollars. I just went in, get drunk, talk shit, laugh at it, and move on. And I, I, I remember leaving the show with me and my friends and we were just asking questions. Like, why did this happen? How did this happen? I didn't waste my time with that shit. I didn't waste my time with that shit. I was like, because it, had, it just had a part in the beginning that didn't make any fucking sense. And it had this one dude in the, in the audience was like cheering it on. Is like, I think it's when Optimus just repair himself magically when he just started drive. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, how? Oh, and that, I was that like, shot where he suddenly turned into. I think it's that. Yeah, he just picks like himself. That. Right, 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 I remember that. He when he was on the, on, the, on the road. Yeah, I yeah and he that, just yeah. repair himself. And it, it just had to play all this real hype up, triumphant music. And it had this one dude in the audience. And, he, and my boy was like, yo, that what I'm talking about. And I was like, all right, well, this movie, this movie clearly not for fucking me. Move on. I just didn't give a shit. Just, just gulp my beer and move the fuck on. Yeah. I did not care. At the end, the, the part of the movie where I, I realized these people definitely don't give a fuck is when Optimus Prime had the rocket boots at the end. I'm like, yes, Jesus, that was fly one of the all questions the time? I asked. Oh, all of a sudden, you could fly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the art? And the movie fucking long to it, though. Yeah, it was 2045 minutes. Though. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the movie but it felt fucking long too long for its own good. It felt weird. You know? Whatever. I, yeah, but... I, I I write up the franchise as I tell myself I treated it just like the Fast and the Furious franchise. First four films was kind of crappy. Um the third film they tried to do some interesting with. Um uh, but remember the fourth film you kind of forget about with Fast Four? Yeah. Didn't care. Didn't give a Why shit about the, 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 Fast the, fourth, the fourth Fast and Furious movie, by the way. Right. I didn't give a shit about that. And then when the fifth film came in, it did as decided as hype it up, it didn't have a plot. They just do something, they copy us out of bullshit from it. They just basically make this ocean plot. Yes, it... <laughs> right, and they just make it fucking awesome with the whole yes, with the with yes, the drive. That is what you have to do with this shit. Just yeah. make the action inventive and clever and you're good. That's to at least get the critics on board. However, the movies make a ton of cash in China anyway. Whatever. Of course. I, I, so, in, in closing, I'll just say this one last thing. The only reason right. why I'll go and see the show, whether it get bad reviews or good, right. is that is the last Michael B. directed Transformers. You don't know that That's shit. That's all man. I want to see. You don't know that shit. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know. I don't know. But, right, but still. He said it would have been his last. The last one he said was going to be his last. So I was like, yeah, I don't believe that. I remember the last one he said. He said I think something similar. You said. So I was like, oh, well. I did. I see him come back for five. The third one was the last. <laughs> right. That was trying to say. He said that for like two movies now. So I was like, well, fuck it. You, you don't care. Move yeah, on. But I think that's the problem. It's just the same old same. I mean. What, what you wanted to do at this point like oh wow it's gonna be better because that's that's the promise we always keep getting with these ones it's right the, the next one is always gonna going to be better always going to be better and then right. what it, it never turns out to be like that so why should we care now you know to be honest yeah i anyway. as i said I, I pretty much i i like most others has pretty much written off the franchise um this movie franchise was uh is uh, they, well it's an example of uh, you know you could always prove when you when you cater to geeks like how the MCU has done. The MCU has made a ton of cash and and cater to geeks in the right way. Right? The MCU is not perfect, but it catered to geeks because you you get the feeling they have a lot of love going into these movies. But with Transformers franchise, they fuck it up. And I'll admit the Transformers expanded universe was never particularly interesting in my opinion. But they could have still cater to it and make it work. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Next. Anyway, moving, moving along yeah. from moving along incompetent sci-fi to more intelligent sci-fi very thought-provoking we are going to talk about hbo's westworld Uh aha yeah which is which was sorry inspired by the cult classic 1973 film of the same name written and directed by 
legendary author Michael, Michael Crichton. Crichton. Yep. Yeah. And there was a sequel came out in 1976 called Future World. Future World. Seen it? Yeah. Don't really care for it. But anyway. Um. But yeah. The... I I wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of Future World. Um. It, it expanded the world in a good way because I was like, wait, why is it that people will just play Westworld and have Westworld work on its own? And then when they did Future World, even though as a film it's not anywhere near as well executed as Westworld. Um. I actually appreciated that they expanded the universe, but yeah, it was but, a weaker film. What, 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 what was the gimmick with, with Future World? Like, you know, Westworld was all about this Wild West style team no, pack, pretty much. But what they was Future World logic. Well, it does carry the logic to its logical conclusion about how people would perceive the whole simulation system now. And, and where, yeah, I forget the plot itself, but um, basically it just expanded the world of, well, you get to see all the other stuff now. Like all the other, how this technology would carry itself now, instead of just being in the quote-unquote Wild West. Okay. Yeah, but um, what for one one thing that I always remember about um, Westworld, which I enjoyed, but I saw it like you know years years ago, was of course Yul Brynner, who was like the the precursor yeah. to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator character, just this guy right. just in black who didn't see anything, and he was just like like this rootless side um, sorry not cyborg android, who you know, and just the way how he played that character was just so legendary. That was like a perfect, you know, perfect casting right there, you know. Right. Actually, well, we will talk about spoilers, but I, I actually thought that um, Ed Harris's character was um, Yul Brenner's character in the beginning. In, in a way, yeah, in a way. But in that, the beginning, I thought, oh, up. he was going to, and then, well, they reveal, they reveal, well, they eventually reveal what went on with the story, but yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Westworld, so, okay. Well, so, uh, let, me, let me just do I run like down, uh, if I could just run down what the, what the premise is about, just quickly. Right. All right. So, sure. it's um it's created by, and a couple of the episodes were actually the first and the final episode was directed by Jonathan Nolan who is the right. brother yeah. of Christopher Nolan. And Jonathan right. was the guy who pretty much wrote the short story, Memento Mori, which was the basis of Christopher Nolan's breakout American film, um, Memento, one of his great yeah. works. Although, in retrospect, I find like the more you watch it, the more the flash-forward, flashback thing becomes more of a gimmick thing. Oh, you, you, don't think, you, don't think that, you don't think Memento holds up? Uh, no, it, it does. It's just that, something, okay. like I don't know, Like quite recently, I think it's probably last year, so when I watched it, I was like, I, I right. think it's because of the very ending. The, like you're expecting this real powerhouse ending, and then it just ends, and you're like, "Oh, that's it. Okay." <laughs> right. You know? But but I still love the movie all the same. But other than that, though, and um, he also wrote the script for um, Interstellar, which I will right. make references to as well, too, in terms of this show's narrative style and whatnot. So um, right. the premise basically is that this is like years in the future. It takes place in this um. Technolo- um, technologically advanced uh, music- amusement park, sorry, called Westworld, which, right. you know, looks and feels exactly like the Wild West. And uh, what right. this what this series does compared to the movie is that um, it touches on characters who inhabit this world. So the two main characters that we really focus on are Dol- um, Dolores Abenati, who's played by Evan right. Rachel Wood, quite brilliantly, by the way, and uh, Maeve Milley, played by Tandy Newton, who is uh, basically she's the madam of Westworld. She, you know, she um, stays at this particular bar. I believe the name of it is um, Sweetwater, and you know right. she she's she's a madam, so she you know deals with prostitution and stuff. And along with that, we also see behind the scenes of Westworld. So we see um, you know the scientists and the you know people who are involved in the, um, in just making this world what it is. 
and what we you know what we are introducing uh, from episode one go out go you know go forward is that these androids that are called hosts basically that's what that's what the that's what they're called um they basically just serve a particular function so when visitors come to the to, to the to the amusement park they go through like you know different scenarios different narratives as they're called and then these machines are just basically carried back you know repaired and whatnot updated just like a you know like just like a, a computer and then sent back out to do their thing and those two particular characters that i mentioned um evan and tan these characters along with a few other um, hosts become aware they, be, they realize that you know this world is not what it seems you realize that there's this greater power basically controlling things and we see it from right. both sides both from the host and from the human side and not to spoil much there are a few characters that come into this world a few human characters who uh basically you know it's it's basically this world where you could do what you want i mean it's the wild west and i'll talk about this later on the way how the west is portrayed here you know it's not just about riding a horse and you know um cattle drives or whatnot it's basically where you could go and screw up a chick you want or shoot somebody in the road and nobody would care it's just the right. lawlessness that people could just come in here the humans could just come in and just do whatever they want and you know um at the same time you have the host basically who just doing these routine tasks over and over and over until like i say these two characters along with a few others realize you know something's up something's going on and just those two worlds basically clashing together in very nolan-esque ways i'll use that term later on and that's all i could say right now about westworld without spoiling too much because honestly the less you know about this show the better Although I have a feeling that by the time we finish review this, we're probably gonna spoil a few things. But hey, what? what yeah, more, more likely. You yeah. kind of hard to talk about it without spoiling. Exactly, it's really really it. hard. But um, what are, what are your thoughts on on Westworld? I liked it. Um, but I didn't love it, and I kind of wanted to love it. Is one of those. I, I um, okay. So as as well as mentioning this earlier with you, uh. Is a show that you know it falls it in what I call the sci-fi plot bingo, which is you're kind of guessing well what really going on and you guessing what going on because I so because you're kind of relatively accustomed to a lot of sci-fi, you kind of easily guess what was going on. It's like okay, this character was this and this character was that and oh, this is the real nature of this person and this is what this person doing and yeah, you yeah. guess most of most of it or whatever your guess fell within the option radius of your own like bingo game you know you expected this to happen and this to happen and this is the reason it kind of it my net is pretty wide in that way so it was kind of hard for the show to surprise me and i couldn't say it really surprised me and then some of the character arcs didn't really work for me so tanny newton's character arc was great yes yes right yes. pretty good yeah. um and i the actress who played dolores um that, that's um that's evan Rachel evan, yeah, evan, Rachel Wood, evan Rachel, yeah. right she uh, her arc was great as well. Yeah. Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright and Anthony Hopkins, their arcs were great. Yes. The guy the guy who played William, that arc just fell flat dread. Um, uh, oh yeah, Jimmy Simpson, who have who I saw yeah. before in a movie, but or, or yeah. a TV show, but for, for the life of man, right. I can't remember. He and then um, this features. fellow, this fellow, um, James Marsden. Oh yes, yes, yes. He yeah, he, he, he played, it, um, it was okay. I I don't really care for the arc all that much. And then well, Ed Harris is, Ed Harris is a decent enough arc as well. Of course, yeah. yeah. Like Ed Harris is like, is like the and he's he he is technically the the antagonist. He's he's pretty much the uh, character of what Yul Brynner was. Well, I thought I, I kind of well personally I kind of hated what it did with that resolution, but um, it was alright and it it was good. It was but it wasn't 
great. It was just, I, and I think the problem is that because I, the the show that I'll compare it to, um, that that immediately had me in my head was Battlestar Galactica and Caprica. Um, oh, I called, see. Which honestly, go, I know. Sumi, I I have not seen them. I know see I should what? see them. Battlestar Galactica. Seen, I've seen like what, probably like a season or two, but I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Dude, Battlestar is like a classic show, dog. I wow. know, I know, anyway, I know. Time. Caprica is a show that Caprica is a show you, you could skip, but I, I thought Caprica was pretty solid, especially coming down to the end. Um, but you could skip Caprica if you want. But Battlestar to me is a kind of must see, even though they kind of fuck up the ending. Well, um, that, I think that's that's why it's always take so long to finish it up. I guess. Right. But anyway. Anyway. Um. Yeah, and to me, the, Battlestar did you know the whole the whole AI androids waking up to, to the real nature stuff so yeah. much better even though it's totally different context so this one more blade runner-esque and is about you know yeah, good reference they would blade runner right yeah, yeah and all the, all the androids kind of just waking up and they you know okay they live in a world that kind of cool and humans kind of hate them and then you know they do a whole thing with that whole and then especially tandy newton's arc especially i thought that was pretty good actually yes, quite yes, well yes. done um well another show another well one simple reason this might get a 10 out of 10 is because we got a lot see a lot of Tandy Newton backside in this. Great. Yes. Love it. Um, very, like, very. Yes. I, I, have, I have to give credit, credit to you just for just for her to have the courage to, to do these nude scenes. I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, Evan only did like about wrong. a couple, but other than that, though, I, I, yeah. I was in love with her. I was in love with her since Mission Impossible Two. So. Ah, you know, hey, hey, we we on the same boat here. Hey, yeah, that, yeah. I was I was always a big fan. She's still looking good, like wood. Yeah. Um, right. And then but, we get and, to see and, some. Yeah, her, her actor was was fantastic. Well, too. right. And then we get to see. That's what that's what's like. What 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 love about her character is that at first you take it that she's just the madam and all she has to do is just to talk explicitly and you know encourage guys to have sex. But you know it's how the how her character act um plays out and how her character kind of changes. You, you get to see more depth into her character. I really loved how they did that, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I. I just yeah, and then also, also on top of another ten out of ten reason is we get to see some Tessa Thompson backside as well. Like well, good. Like again, <laughs> yeah. again some cake, right? So, yep, yep, um, yep, yep. but yeah, um, Kurt, acting was quite good in this. Everybody, you know, delivered stuff good. It didn't, you didn't feel flat or, or weak. Everybody was pretty good. Um, Jeffrey Wright especially, I really really enjoyed. I think he should probably might get a nomination for something. Could this might get some nominations? I thought it was pretty solid. I I, I, I mean, think that it needs to yeah. Right. Um, Anthony Hopkins was quite good in this. Um, I don't know. Overall, it's solid business for me. But I, I couldn't get myself to truly love it or say, wait, boy, this is a mind-blowing thing. Because other shows did it so much better. Well, I, I shouldn't say better, but other shows did it in its own way that just made me think about it. And it just kind of didn't really bring anything new to the table. I should say that. I see. I see. Uh, um, well, another thing is another reason I think my brain was always on the whole artificial intelligence waking up and you should acknowledge them from a moral standpoint kind of stuff is um, Fallout 4. Fallout 4, pretty much the whole plot is about that. The whole major plot is about dealing with artificial intelligence and whether or not they should serve you and whether or not they should have moral moral um, engagement and agency and whether or not you should acknowledge that. And so I think I was accustomed to the arguments, even though Fallout 4 was a crap story. Um, Oh, it was okay. Yeah, no, the, uh, the main story is complete rubbish, but the, the game had a lot of good shooting in it, and so I don't care. Yeah, um, once you could shoot people, Whoop. yeah, once you could shoot people, especially nothing, nothing is be funnier as, as seeing a, a, a what you call the miniature, the mini nuke hit somebody in vats. That's the funniest thing ever. You <laughs> okay. never get old, never get old. Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, uh, uh, I'll say overall, um, I'll give this one a pretty high score still. I'll probably give it like a, something along the lines of a B plus, A minus level. 
Um, right. I still recommend it. Um, it's I rec- especially if you're not a big sci-fi person and you're not familiar with these concepts. Um, I thought they would have got into the ethics and morality stuff a little better, but didn't really do that. And the main plot and the main resolution of what was the whole final thing, it wasn't that interesting or, in- or engaging in my opinion. Put, put, to me. You know, it was like, okay, this is what it is. I'm like, all right, that kind of cool. But they, they kind of hammer, hammer, hammer you over the head with it a little too much. So I didn't, at a certain point, I didn't care. Um, but it was all right. Still solid business. I, again, give it about, yeah, B+. That's how I see it. All right. Well, my, my thoughts on it. <sighs> I understand where you're coming from. I, I see what you mean. Makes sense. Right. Well, I would say going into it, I really didn't know what to expect. I just knew it was about this will. So I just kind of right. went in sort of blind, kind of just like, okay, this is going to be HBO's take on Westworld. So I'm not expecting that it's going to be like um, all centered on Ed Harris's character just go around doing, you know, um, evil stuff now. Like I knew there was more to it. And when it got a little deeper, a little darker, and one thing, this show is very, 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 I wouldn't say very dark, but it goes into some very dark corners. Um, yeah, especially it's, with, it's with very in relation to um, in relation to humans, so it goes right. beyond. Okay, this is how lawless the wild the, the wild west was, and this is how right. heartless people used to be, and you know this is how the life is. Like how I mentioned before, somebody could just come outside and shoot a guy, and that's just it. That's nobody right. cares. But it goes into like just the deep, the deeper, darker side of humanity itself, and how you know it's in us to be violent, in us it's 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 in us to to hate and kill because it's part of us, you know. And right. uh, that's, a pro- that's a big part of it because when it started like that, I was like, okay, uh, because I knew it was Westworld, and I was like, oh shit, it's basically that thing. I immediately knew it was simulation stuff. So all the cowboy stuff just kind of fell flat for me because, like, yeah, none of these people suffering really. But then when they reveal the whole thing with it, they do a good job with that and making the whole, well, the memory stuff and how sloppy this company is at yeah, yeah. dealing with the memory stuff. And then you realize, oh no, they weren't that sloppy. You have motion shenanigans going on behind the scenes. Then that was interesting, but most of the stuff I that that I couldn't care less about a lot of the cowboy stuff because like yeah this was not really suffering or dying not in any serious way. Okay, you know it well, had a couple moments. It only had a couple really tight moments. There's this one great moment with Ed Harris and a horse that I loved. Yeah, well, well <laughs> um, the, the western moments I just kind of see as just entertainment wise. Right. right. And um, well, well one thing though um, as a, a, a well I've mentioned before um, earlier. Uh, there was this recent review. I think we we, we talked about. Um, I think it was for the Magnificent Seven or one of those shows, where I brought up the term revisionist western, right? Right, which is basically taking the old tropes of western movies, making it much more bigger, bolder, more violent, a little bit more modern, if you will, but doing it in such a way that it kind of it's touching on a certain issue. So it's not just okay. Um, a massacre like you know indians running you know indians killing people out just because it's part of of the genre it's touching on some deeper topic you know and right with this show here i i i got a sense of that like i saw these these moments happening you know like um the shootout that you know shoot out sorry that take place and at first it was like oh well you know this is west will so you come in and you see all these things you could do a one but then as it started to get a little bit more existential i i started to think well Oh, okay, okay. So this is where such is really how right. bad you know humans could be. Um, right. Case in point, we saw this with uh, this character who was with uh, William. He was the guy who basically um, owned Delos, which is the company that pretty much cre- either right. they helped or they, they created Westworld. Um, right. 
I'm forgetting this guy's name though, but um Yeah, I know you're talking about oh, right. the character. Uh, the guy who just wanted to while out in Westworld. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Right. And you know what what I like though is that um at first, like he comes off like this arrogant prick, basically. So he right. just kinda comes in like, Yeah, I can do whatever I want, I can fuck, I can drink, I can do whatever I want, that kind of thing. But then and and you're comparing him to William's character who just there because he wants to see the world as well too, but he keeps telling himself all right, I have to go back home. I have a, you know, I, I have to get married soon and all that kind of stuff. But then all that changes when he runs into Dolores and yes, he falls in love. That's all right. I'll say about about that at that point in time. But the way how their characters change throughout and then up until like the, about the ninth or the tenth episode is like, oh my god, boy, like it's like completely, it's like complete one eighty. Um, the, these characters didn't, and it it's all based off of one thing that um the guy too William is that, um you will become the person that you always wanted to be and that's one thing that i got out of the show where it's about characters both human and machine right. in this world and it's something happens to them and they, it, it kind of reveals their their it, it reveals who they are who they really are inside you know right so in the case of say tandy newton's character for example at first you take it oh she's just this attractive madam who just she's just all about getting guys to sleep with her or sleep with her um her, you know her workers or whatnot but it's not like that when you go deep and you learn about the story or at least the backstory that she's given right. then you kind of understand okay this is why her character changed and this is why she's doing this now but she's still making decisions even though you know because of her character changing and now she's making certain decisions as compared to before so you look at her totally different even right, right. down to eat to, to dolores who kind of comes off like the sweetheart like you know She's the 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 um, I don't want to call her the virginal character, but she is the 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 pure character. She's the person who, as they say in the first episode, you wouldn't hurt a fly, you know. But right. <laughs> at the very end of the first episode, what does she do? She kills a slap fly. Yeah. Yeah, she slaps a fly. Yeah. Yeah, and like deep down inside, it kind of reveals something dark about her. And right. through all these series, we realize what it is and why she's feeling like that. And you know, same thing goes for all the characters, even right down to Anthony Hopkins who. At first, I felt was playing like this real subdued character. Like one thing about about the human characters in the show, I would say that they 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 they, they, they curse a lot, but they do they do do they do curse a lot though. And um, I was just thinking, oh well, you know, it's just humans human beings being humans now. So any little thing that irritates them or pisses them off, they they always quick to swear. But Anthony is always like the type of character who just won't say one curse word, even right down to the final episode. He just he just straight, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't kind of deviate from you know his character, but yeah, the character development was 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 well handled. And what I like though, uh, what I really loved about the show is that you know I wasn't sure where certain character arcs were going to go. Like at first, I I got the idea of how monotonous the lives of the hosts are, but then as the story developed, I was like, oh well, you know, it's things started to get a little different. And I really love that. Um, right. What else? The the music. From um, I keep forget. Uh, all right, forgive me if I say this name wrong. Ramin J- Jawandi, Jawadi, sorry. Okay. Who um, who does the the music for Game of Thrones? The, you know that epic right. score for it, and quite recently did the music for Warcraft. Right. Yeah, but uh, what I, what I loved about his score here is that it has that epicness. Not too much of it though, but um, he uses like you know traditional, um, 
you know musical instruments that you would expect from a western movie you know the violins the um the guitar uh what else the acoustic guitar sorry um the pianos and stuff i love how he used that in in the movie sorry in this series but yeah. he gave it this kind of tech tech um sort of techno sort of um flourished it um, cinematography right. was great i love the the um the locations yeah yeah most of which was yeah. shot in, like in utah and in california and stuff right um so yes on a tech on, on, a, on a technical level this is some superb filmmaking you know for a right. tv show hbo didn't disappoint again this is another solid production but for me though overall what what stuck the most out was just that story and how where it led to certain things i love the idea of how the they use the word narrative because first I was like, all right, narrative, narrative, narrative. All right, so right. people come in, um, different hosts have different narratives. So you come in and it depends on where you go, you go on a different adventure. So it's like one of those old books that used to come out in the 80s where, you know, you, you pick adventure. I think that's what it's called. You know. Yeah, pretty uh, yeah. much. What, what it, that's, that's not a problem I had with the candidate narrative because I didn't get how Westworld worked exactly. Like you have to pick narratives, but I don't get, wait, how many humans in the park at once? Because they say how everything could you could potentially bounce up each other, but then statistically, like people should be constantly bouncing up each other. Um, so well, I, I, true, the, true. The, yeah, little things like that. But it, maybe I didn't mind um, yeah, because well, because they just show a few people. But I was like wondering, wait, how many people here exactly? Because yeah. it was unclear of who was there. So it's not some people who was clearly human because how to be how to behave and behaving like jackasses. Um, but other people was like just trying to play the game for real. You're not sure. Some people yeah. like hiding out there. Uh, right, so I didn't get angry. They say, oh, you could potentially kill a person. I think it does mention how manslaughter is somewhat possible. You kind of have to sign that off now when playing the game. Right. Um, well, well, humans, humans can kill. Like humans can kill. Um, can kill hosts. That's right. Yeah, but, humans but can, hosts can, humans kill, can kill, humans. kill the robots. Easy. But what I was thinking is that humans can kill humans as well. It's quite possible. Yeah. Right, right. Not with guns. Not with guns. But with um, with like probably knives or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Well, well, uh, it was well, yeah. stuff like that was just not not fleshed out very well. I, at least I didn't get that or didn't probably I probably missed the details somewhere. Well, well, well. As you brought up that, that that's one thing that I know might turn off some people about this show. And like even when I was watching it, because I actually binged it um, yesterday at the time of this recording, is that there are certain little things that will. All right, it it does leave you asking questions, which is a great thing. But there are little tiny things like, for example, you know if. If, if 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 I you know the the whole idea of you know can host kill humans and all that kind of stuff. So what I was wondering is like you know the 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 firearms that they have. Is it that the firearms that they get are specifically designed to kill hosts? And if so, then um, what if it falls and you know you switch it with you know the a gun that a host has? Then you know you're wondering would that have any effect on it or whatever? Just these little tiny little things. That's the little tiny right. nitpicks. But what I love about the show is that it doesn't focus on the little tiny little things. It's all about the the bigger questions. It's all about you know, and yes, they're all two familiar teams. Of course, you've seen it with Blade Runner and to extend right. Interstellar. The whole idea of you know being you know this this greater power in the universe for one part, and then of course you know. Um, identity and you know consciousness and whatnot and that's one topic that this sh the show is all about you know consciousness what happens when an android becomes conscious of it you know if, of, of itself what happens right. you know and and how right. the, the, the show plays out with this whole narrative thing is that okay they are aware but now you realize wait now they are aware for a reason it's all part of right. this greater 
plan or is it just a narrative is it just a story that's supposed to begin and end when it ends what right. happens does it continue or does it start back again and all right. these little things and final thing i'll say before i get to my rating because i could talk for so long about this i yeah. have to give credit where credit is due this is like jonathan nolan's inception this is his interstellar yeah this is the movie that yeah. sorry this is the series he that, that, he, that he could tell he always wanted to do because he created but it's like right watching your brother direct these masterpieces these these movies that you know you have to watch over to really get you know more understanding of it you could tell right. this is what he, he wanted to do and because he's such a great writer because he wrote mostly the um the the, the scripts for these episodes you could right. see that you know sort of memento style showing up the flash forward the flashback you right. as a viewer asking so wait now is this a flashback or a flash forward because that was me in the last two episodes wait so all this i was watching here was a flashback and not a flash forward i wouldn't see right. which character and this blew my mind up but I remember, you know, with the review with with Arrival, where I had I had you know I consciously had to be careful where I I, I can't just be like oh well it's it's not a flashback it's a flash forward wow you know I right. have to think about it from the perspective of the story does it work with the story and I right. thought that it worked brilliantly I really was amazed by the story no right. I wouldn't say it's a perfect show there are yeah. some oh alright well peace and wise all right well, well i would say that um there are some you know some downtime there's a lot there's lots of downtime in the show where you see characters you know talk and interact with each other and sometimes the piecing of it could be a little slow at times they could be talking a little too much or too little and um you know but in relation to how everything plays or that i i thought it worked it's just that the piece it could be just a little tighter and right. then consider because these episodes are nearly an hour long it really shows so yes there are a few moments in you know these episodes where it feels like it's dragging but yeah i find it yeah. dragged a little bit yeah, yeah it, it does so it kind of took took more off a little bit but fortunately the show always finds a way to pick itself back up right whether it's with a character or a decision made or just some twist in the story and there's lots of twists lots of turns in this in this um series and you know like i said before it really touches on you know violence and you know just the the violent nature of humanities and using just the western genre as you know the backdrop as as the perfect example for this you know and just looking back at like you know those those revisionist westerns that i you know just that that subgenre where it's not so much about the fun of riding on a horse and you know chasing down indians but just why would you do that why would you shoot a man down in the middle of the street just because like you know be just because you know it's 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 lawless you know and i right. love like in the last couple of episodes where you got that whole god and human kind of thing so it's like you know yes god gave us you know a brain he gave us right. the, the the chance for us to figure things out and not just be you know slaves and whatnot we figure things out on our own but is that a is that a good thing or is that a bad thing Right. And you know, if you if you look back at you know history, it's not that much of a good thing. You know, yes, we right. could take for ourselves, but look at all the, the the shit that's happened in history. You know, right? Wars and all that kind of stuff. And right. I like how the show touches on that. Not too much, but enough it, for you to right. be like, so, oh, I could uh, I could yeah, compare. I'll say, and I'll say right now. I'll say the real strength of the film is when Anthony Hopkins has his little monologue, soliloquy moments. Um, oh yes, those yes, yes, those yes. work quite well because he does do these little well look so and so humanity so and so on because yeah, he, and he, he does that was, was very chilling by the way 
But he did he did you know little references to um the Sistine Chapel, which was great. Even though I'm yeah, not yeah. sure if <laughs> not sure if that's true. If it was not, meant to be a, yeah, I don't think that's true what, what he mentioned. But so. it was such a nice little cool reference. Because yeah. it's a popular it's a popular I'm not sure if it's a myth, but I think it is. But it is a popular enough myth to fit in a narrative like this. Um they do a good job with that. Um the whole part where you explain, you say, look, you know, humans you think humans are gonna accept you for what he is? Quite possible that you're gonna have trouble to deal with. So that might be a bad move. And you make you make a lot of good points in that sense now. Yeah. Um and yeah, overall Jeffrey Wright as well also had his moments. It's like, oh shit, when they reveal the big thing yeah, about yeah, Jeffrey. The Wright. big twist about him, yeah. That, right, that the big great. reveal with him. I was like, oh, that's so good, so so well done and, and they have a great um, metric of what it is, the importance and stake of these characters. So when it when these stakes matter, they do really matter. You really get a sense of it and a sense of weight with it. And you see that with the three main characters. For when I, I kind of look at the three locus characters, which was um, Anthony Hopkins' character Ford, uh, um, this is Bernard, and then uh, Tandy Newton's character. Uh, what's her name? Maeve. Maeve, right? Yeah, those are the three kind of locus characters in that sense. In terms of that existential aspect of everything, now, yeah. from both the objective and subjective standpoint. Um, yeah, um, I. Yeah, I, go ahead. I, I was supposed to mention. Yes, Ed Harris. I thought he was great. I thought, like, right. to me, he you could tell he was really enjoying himself being this bad guy, though, the man in black. Right. And at first, right. like, you know, the first few episodes, I thinking, oh, he's supposed to be the Yul Brynner character. And um, slight spoiler alert: there is a scene, I believe, is ep- either in episode six or seven, where. Um, Jeffrey Wright's character Bernard is going inside of this room looking for a particular something and you could see in the background this figure dressed in black with the black hat black suit and you know the um, the, 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 the hands are in its pockets and it's you right. know it reminded me a lot of like Yul Brynner's character where every time he walked he always had his hands in his pockets you know before he even reaches for his gun he always walked with his hands in his pockets I was like oh clever reference and you also make right. reference to um, other shows as well too, um, notably Blade Runner. Not just right. for the teams, but there was like one scene um, in the final episode which reminded me of like um, Daryl Hannah's um, scene. Well, before she gets shot, actually in Blade Runner, you know where right. she's like hiding within this multitude of like dolls. So you know it's like she's playing that she's she's inanimate, but actually she's real and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was real cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so to me, this this was like a, 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 a excellent modern take on the whole seventies dystopian you know um, movies that used to came dystopian sci fi movies that came out in the seventies like uh, yeah. you know of course Westworld Logan's Run. I thought it was yeah. my opinion that this guy you know the guy who was was you know the a hole <laughs> happens to be Logan you know um, okay right I don't know that that's that's what I thought at the time. Okay, um, I don't really care. What else? Silent Running, uh, Soil and Green, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to me, though, I mean, I, like I say, I don't want to ju- jump on any bandwagons or anything like that. But I have to admit, this is one of the best shows I have seen this year. TV wise. Yeah, it was, I was, it, it was solid business. It was really solid yeah. business. And yes, the, the, the season finale blew me away, though. Like, right. yes, you saw things coming, but I was like, Wait, they're going to do this? Really going to do this? And then when it happens, yeah. like, oh my god, this this was one where the payoff actually worked. Though it worked excellently. Um, so in in closing, yeah, I I have to give this a light four and a half out of five stars. This is hands down one of the right. best shows I have seen this year. The acting was was great. The stories were 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 well written. Yes, there right. are a few things that will fly over your heads and will 
kind of force you to go and rethink, if not rewatch the episodes. And I have no problem with that. But you know, you have to think about like how, say, like Arrival, for example, where it's like, oh, well, this works, so now I have to go back and think about it. But did it work really? Did the payoff really work in the end, which I felt was kind of eh with Arrival? Although I still enjoyed the movie, but I thought that with the payoff with this one, I thought it worked excellently. Um, right. Can't wait to see what they do with season two. Yes. The way how it ends, you could tell they're gonna have a season two. But the way how, yeah, the way how it ends is like, oh my god, where how oh, where, the, where where is the story gonna go next? You know, and I really can't wait to see. So yeah, right. HBO has done it once again. They they, they brought us show that, um, I mean, at its surface level, it is entertaining. I mean, it looks good. You know, um, <laughs> acting was was great. You have your typical, you know, raunchiness. You have your sex. You have your violence, which you could expect in like nearly every HBO show. But underneath it all, you have all these, you know, these these really thought provoke, um, thought provoking themes. You know, about individuality and consciousness and just about being human. What it is about being human. And I know a lot of people might go into this and be like really confused by it and think, oh, it's boring and it makes no sense. But you really have to dig in deep and really think about where it is. You, 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 Really think about what's going on. And in right. closing, I'll just say this much though. I strongly recommend not just that you see the show, but also that you binge it. And in yeah, total, it's about that it. 10 and a half hours. But why I say that is because you have to see things unfold. I, I can't really yeah. think that if you watch these episodes like, you know, one a day or one every two, three days, that you're going to get everything at the end. You have to see yeah, everything yeah. really play out. And yes, right. at the very end, you, you might get everything, but dude. The mere reason, the mere fact that I want to go back and watch this show again to see what it is I, I, I missed out, the mere fact that I want to go online and hear what other people say about it or, you know, read up analysis about what, you know, these little symbols or what this means and what this character arc was supposed to signify and all that stuff. It's evident of great television. I think that Westworld is great television. HBO right. has done it again. Great show. Highly recommend it. Go see it. Yeah, yeah. Strong recommend for me as well. Uh, I thought I would have loved it more, but it was still solid. I Solid business overall for me. Uh, pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I totally recommend it as well. Yeah. So, Jonathan Nolan, keep doing your thing. Can't wait to see what you do next with season two. I, right. I definitely can't okay. wait. So, moving along right. from sci-fi to comedy, drama, slash tragedy. <laughs> it's not really a, yeah. a, it's not really a tragic comedy, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, right. um, Insecure, which was a show that I was completely underneath my was completely under my radar. I didn't even know right. about it, and I will confess but something it, here quick. I have heard about Issa Rae's stuff a lot, but I haven't seen right. anything from her. I haven't checked out her, her, right, um, yeah. so her I, awkward I, black I, um, YouTube series. Right, I, but whatever. Yeah. I yeah, so I was somewhat marginally familiar with awkward black Girl. I remember watching some videos when it first came out, and then I never really followed it. Okay. Um, it's it was, but, but, but I know people who, who see it do and, and love it. You know, a lot of right. Well, she has a fan. Real friends that I know, how much you love the show. Right, right. Yeah, no, she has a fan base. It's it's a it's a strong, very strong YouTube following. Um, so it was I, to me, it was just a matter of time when or not she gets something big and blow up from the end. Um, I actually really like the show. This was really damn good, though. Uh, you know, the the quick comparison you would make to in your head is well, it's the female Atlanta. Yeah, and, it is. It, is. Uh, well, it, it feels like it. I but could. It what I would say, what I would say with this one is that this is more about um, about relationships, especially with right. you know, with African Americans, and not so right. much about 
you know, social issue. Oh, well, sorry. okay. Day-to-day social go. life, really. I won't go as, no, I won't go as far as saying as the female Atlanta. It really does its own thing. Um, It's very prescient. It's perfect for, you know, it just basically dealing in, in black millennial anxiety. That's what it does very well. Yeah. You know, the first episode in particular, the whole insecure as fuck. Oh, by the way, every episode is, is as yeah, fuck. Yeah, ends with as fuck. Which yeah. I love. Um, right. And this was, it was, it had its really genuinely deep moments in it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, most of the episodes, it was, I noticed it was created by both Issa Rae and Larry Ulmore. And, well, quick little rant, Larry Ulmore had a show on Comedy Central. It got cancelled. Um, what even though was I was the name of that show? Um, the, uh, shit, what was the name of that show, boy? Black, oh shit, what was the name of this? Oh, the, the Nightly Show. Okay. The Nightly Show with Larry Ulmore. Yeah. Um, is a show that didn't deserve to get cancelled? Yeah, I would have cancelled it too, but I get the feeling it didn't really get the fairest of shakes. And, well, at the same time, he himself is a very dated black comedian. It's stuff that would have worked back in the 90s, but it doesn't really work so well now. Oh, wow. Um, he, that's, he, he's so irrelevant, out it, boy. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's that guy. He's that guy where a lot of his stuff would have been really, like, cutting edge and, and great in the 90s, but... um. It didn't really work that well now, and the show didn't really get off the ground, and it couldn't really find its footing. So I could understand why it got cancelled. And guy kind of got cancelled at a bad time, but whatever. Um, anyway, he you could see its fingerprints all over this script because it had its moments where it felt more like 90s black people talking about shit rather than modern black millenn- black 30-year-olds talking about shit. It felt a little bit like that at all times. Right, um, like, all right, I'll I just take it up this example, like, uh, remember Boomerang, you know, with Eddie Murphy, Robin Gibbons, yes. that kind of thing? Yes, it had so those moments. You know, moments. like those moments, like when, when Eddie was in the uh, gym and. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, it's it about. Those wh- yeah, th- those moments where they're talking about, you know, this is it how felt, I was saying, It felt, it yeah. felt a little dated. It felt like a, a time, a couple times. You could tell, all right, Larry Ulmo has had influence on this part of the script. Okay. Because little things, like they had this one moment, so the character who I actually liked, but she ended up coming across a little bit like a caricature with Molly. Oh yeah, um, played by Yvonne Orji, who is yeah, very yeah, attractive, Molly, by the way. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She kind of remember, she reminded me of the tall black girl from Girlfriends. I heard you remember that show. Um, I remember the show. I remember not watching right. the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just remember the show. I just the show. You saw show ever so often. The only thing that used to be interesting about the show is like Kelsey Grammer was heavily involved in production. I'm like what? Oh, what? Kelsey okay. Grammer. Yeah, what Kelsey Grammer had to do with black women? Whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, anyway, he uh, this show had its moments. It had its one like, her character and her pathologies ended up popping up. And it's like, yeah, this is a kind of cliche black woman thing. And it's like, wait, that's still a problem for black women? All right, I'm willing to accept it. I'm not a black woman, so I don't know. Yeah. Not a black American woman, so I don't know. So I'm willing to take the word for it. Um, but not yeah, it felt about like being yes. American, well, when you think about it, it's really just... But I just yeah. think it, it, was, it was her character in particular kind of threw me off because it was this classic, well, the black woman who's sacrificing the good for the perfect all the time and she wants to have this, that, or the other. And she dropped this man because of this small slight that she thinks is a problem. Yeah. And so on, so on, so forth. And I was like, but, but, oh, that's uh, really well, like is that people did call her out on that though? It well, it's only until the end because that episode seven, jeez, boy, that was some just gut punches right through for everybody. Yes, boy, yeah, yeah. Um, I really liked it though. This this show, um, Isa as a character was great. Uh, yeah. she, you know, she exemplified what, you know, uh, well, kind of awkward black girl would be going through, and it, it did a good job of just having a great character, just a great character overall. Another kind of a complaint is that the men in the show are a little two dimensional. They're a little too perfect. A little too, too good. Perfect, you see. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well why I say it, that? Because it, it, there's this one guy. Well, um, all right, if, if I could just kind of run down quick as to what it's about, right? So 
Aiza is she's not really playing herself, so she's playing Aiza D, not Aiza Ray. And well, um, yes. Yeah, she works at a oh gosh, what is it? Um it's, it's uh it's something like, yeah, it's, like what, you, it's it's kinda like to help the uh, help kids. Yeah, it's a reach out program. Yeah, which is, is to help people. Which is, um, we're, we're here for y'all or something like that. Something I forget like what that, it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she has a boyfriend, basically. But I mean, they had a rough times and all that. And you could tell that this guy is trying to, to make his way. So, you know, he's he's looking for job openings and he's trying to get a job. He's trying to keep a job and all that kind of stuff. But then later on right. in his series, she runs into an old flame of hers who just so happens to be like a producer. And that's all we know is right. that, yeah, he's a producer. He produced for like... um. You know, Drake and US, anyway, this is one scene where you're seeing with Ty Dollar Sign and all that right. kind of stuff. But then but, all we but then and then there's this whole thing where she um she where she sleeps with him. And he's trying right. to get back, he's trying to want to know what's going on. But I see what you mean with the whole two dimensional kind of stuff that that's, that's all that's he's trying, the, that's what the trying rival, to say is that, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say is that the nothing everything the guys do in this is fully justified. You get the feeling that everything they do is fully justified and they are totally victims and the women are this big figures of agency and they're the ones who make mistakes and incredibly flawed and so on so uh okay yeah. i i kind of get that i kind of get why they write these characters like that but it they should have give the characters a little couple of flaws you didn't get any flaws from them i didn't get a sense of them being any kind of bad agent at all um but whatever it was not a big problem but because the story still totally worked yeah and i suppose it's about um them making mistakes and them kind of fucking up even though they shouldn't fuck up um but yeah, it totally, it's still totally working out narrative. Yeah, and the, the whole thing with her sleeping with um, the old flame, the guy from high school, just hilarious. Yeah. And, and the, how that come out eventually was like, oh, jeez, right? Yeah, that was, that was, that was harsh. Uh, uh, yeah. You knew, was, you knew it was coming, huh? But when it happened, yeah, you it was know? like, oh. Yeah, she wasn't getting away with that shit too easy. But that, that when the only fallout from it happened, it's like, wow. Brutal. Um, yeah. it's, I still think this was really well executed Um, overall. Yeah. It, it had was. the, her boss was the, one of the, the security, security guards from Orange is the New Black. Um. Yes, the boss. The boss are the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I try to yeah, remember yeah. which character. See, once again, origin of yeah. characters. I just keep forgetting right now. It was it basically it was it was one of the guards. One of the guards. It was this woman. The and the, the big one. Security one. Kind of, um, chubbyish one. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I know you're talking yeah, about, but that name. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I know the face looked familiar. I was like, geez, where I know her from? But yeah, right. now I know. Then um, they had little good good side characters, a little white friend, a little nerdy white friend, and he worked. She was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, pyro. The, the girl though, the the little girl who, um, oh gosh, uh, she's not she's not Hispanic, but the one who kind of always questioned, always want to know well, why right. I have to do this for. I liked her. Right. She was real. Spunky. Right. She was okay. Yeah. She yeah. was pretty decent. The character that had me cracking up was the pyro neighbor. Oh my gosh, that character is so hilarious. No, it's a, blood actually. Was, pyro. No, okay, a no. pyro. Alright, I I saw him as a blood though. He was like a pyro. That's what a pyro right, is. Right, a blood. Right. Okay, okay. Sorry, yeah. my 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 ebonics. <laughs> a pyro. I, I, I'm, I'm misplaced my ebonics dictionary, but yeah. Pi. No, it's not hero. It's not ebonics. P-I-R-P-R-R-U. That's the official name of the the original names of the bloods. However, right. Moving yeah. on. What well, what I like is, is, is black, yeah, black um, people anthropology. Yeah, he he reminded me a lot of um. Okay, that's going off on a little rap tangent here for a minute. YG, right? Uh, rapper yes. from Ellie, and yes, there's a lot of L, um, references to Ellie rap. So yeah, right. so he brought out an album this year called Still Breezy, which spoiled it, made it to my top ten best hip hop albums of the year list. Right. So, <laughs> and yes, he's the guy who sung the Fuck Donald Trump song, which I absolutely love. Right, awesome song if you haven't listened to it. But anyway, so he is he he is a blood and uh, well pyro whatever, right? <laughs> and um, he has this one song called 
bull, bomb, and collected. Instead of cool, yeah. calm, and collected. So the right. idea is that because you're blood, you have you don't to say, you, you don't, don't say, say the C because C is crypt. Yeah. So yeah. C is, is totally you know unwarranted now, you know. And they had they had that bit going on throughout the whole thing. I was like, this yeah. real dish do, but it's so funny and so well done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other daughters like, wait, 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 we don't say the C. We, we don't yeah. use the word C around here. No, sorry. Yeah, wait, what TV show was around what, here? Yeah, what TV show is guys? Watch where it is. <laughs> I can't um, remember what it was. No, be- yeah, be- 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 Oh, KBS. K- yeah, yeah, BBS. Yeah, I said BBS. Yeah, KBS. Oh, yeah, yeah. you don't use the C word around here. And then how he does, he does cuss all the time, but he can't cuss in front of the daughter, so he just spell out the whole words and you know, end up spelling <laughs> yeah. out entire sentences. Yeah, so E-S-S-H-O-L-E I didn't. They seriously needed to do most more with that guy, dude. That was hilarious, dude. Yeah, yeah. I wanted more to the only song. I got a few moments, but whatever. But the show, the show, it it mixed comedy quite well. It was genuinely funny. Um. It yeah. did the motion quite well. It it kind of fell into the typical kind of tropes and trappings coming down to the end there, but it still was really well done. Um, yeah. Really, really well done. Actually, actually quite heartbreaking. They actually make it work. They yeah. actually make it for all of these characters. Um, and yeah, especially when they do the ending with the boyfriend and that kind of thing. Again, they, they kind of make it a little too perfect, but uh, the way, what they had them do with the ending with that girl from the bank is all well yeah, wood. Yeah, it was. was <laughs> like, well, was yep. drop in there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, wood. Um, I mean, it's good. I, yeah. I solid well, I'll, all right. Well, I'll say this much before um, before I rate it. I right. I also enjoyed the show as well too. I loved how yeah. just similar to, to Atlanta, how real and authentic it felt. Yeah, like, they tried no, to yeah, make I'm it not from LA, so I wouldn't know how people, you know, act and talk and you know, right, live their lives. But I I I felt like you know this was like a slice of life kind of thing. Like this is how right. people in that area are, and this is how life is. Right. Uh, I also like that it's not about um, you know compared to to, um, to Atlanta, it's not about it's not really talk, touching on social issues like crime and you know violence and stuff. Yeah. But it's really more focusing on you know relationships about you know right. being in a relationship or trying to stay single and you know wanting to go out there and find that significant other and how hard it is right. to really maintain that. You know that's something I could I could relate to really. Right. Um, the way how the characters were, were handled, I, I, I like that. I do agree with what you said with the male characters, where, yes, they did things, but it just always felt like they did it because of this situation. They never really right. felt sorry about it, but the women yeah, now have to feel, have to hold on to this baggage because of who they are and that kind of stuff. And because it's the, 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 the show is really centered on women anyway, so it's always about right. them feeling bad about what happened, especially that right. season finale, which, by the way, was a huge gut punch to me by that last yeah. few minutes but yeah. I was like oh my <laughs> god ouch yeah. that really brought the drama <laughs> I mean it was yeah, it, it was had work. moments of drama but that moment was like jeez right wow um, and it was it was solid business uh, for me overall I actually really like this um, I actually give this a solid A- minus for me um, for it's 8 episodes it was just some short business but it just Solid work. Um, what what another thing I noticed about it is it uh, it focuses on areas of a lot of racist use. So in Atlanta, you have Atlanta, which has a big black presence and big pop- black population, and then you have Los Angeles. So they 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 didn't gain the race all that much, but there's a big presence and they make it work for the most part. Yeah. Um, so that is it. I it's solid. I really hope she gets a second season, a strong second season. I really hope she gets renewed. I think she will more than likely. Um, Actually, it has. Yeah, it, it right, is renewed. Cool. For right, good, season, lovely. So. I, I, I got, I'm glad it got renewed. It was really, really well done. Uh, really want to see more from this world. What are they going to do with second season? Um, and she, she was just genuinely funny and great. And 
role, and she did, in my opinion, she's pretty damn attractive, in my opinion. And no, she is, she is, she is. Yeah. I would say that much. It's, it's well, I, was more, I was more looking at her friend, um, well, <laughs> the character right. Molly. Yeah. But right. He's, he, he's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Yeah. She's yeah, really yeah, attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I would say this in closing, though, um, because I haven't seen Awkward Black Hill, this was like the perfect in- introduction for me in terms of her style. Right. Um, I like the, the humor as well, too. I like how they kind of had this sort of um, how they touch on hip hop as well too because one thing right. about her character oh, yeah, is that great she, she kind of talks to herself so she's always rapping about what she's going to do right. um, the broken pussy song by the way is right. funny as hell if you haven't yeah. heard it I think maybe the videos on YouTube whatever go check it out yeah the music yeah. Was, was fine as well too um, one song yeah. that I was surprised that they actually added and was um, this rapper Vince Staples' song North North yeah yeah um, they played it at the end credits of one of the episodes but basically it's off of his Summertime 06 um, album which came out last year which I enjoyed but it didn't make my top 10 but point one I'm making with this is that that song was kind of it came back into the you know it was, it was made relevant this year when um, I don't know if you, if you saw this video this um, this white mother basically just went up on um, just recorded herself talking about Oh, I was driving home with my daughter and I heard this song on the radio and I have a print on the lyrics. I'm going to read this. How can they put oh, yeah, this song on the radio, man? I ain't scared right, of nothing right. but the police. North, um, North Side, Long Beach. What kind right, of music right, right, is right. this? You know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that song was kind of made big because of that particular video. <laughs> like right. how, how they added it in, into, into this series as well. So that was clever. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I give this a decent four to five. It's yeah. definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Um, if you're a huge fan of Awkward Black Hill, then you know why yeah. why 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 haven't you seen this if you haven't? Definitely right. go see it. And if you haven't, then yeah, give this one a look. It's like eight episodes, so probably right. about a four hours binge time. Yeah, yeah, it does. Total, no, but, but I find it was a perfect time for that. It just it just moved with the story quite well now. You yeah, don't waste yeah, too much did. time. Everything it nothing felt at no point it ever felt um that it ever felt like it, you know, a lot of the fat was trimmed now. At yeah. no point it ever felt like it was stretched out. Or to me, some of Westworld could kind of get cut in my opinion. Um, but this I thought was just straight. You know, everything was just flowing in terms of narrative. They get from point A to point B. Solve had the problems, raise, raise um, conflict, solve yeah. conflicts, sort it out. You know, and then move on. Yeah. And good foreshadowing for season two. I yeah. really liked it. Solid business. Yeah, me really. too. Um, it was real. Yeah. It was raw. It was raunchy. Yeah. And as stressful would say, raw I'll because I'll the dialogue I'll is I'll get explicit times. In some ways, in some ways, it was better than Atlanta. Some ways, but. Uh, personally still preferred Atlanta mostly because of how um, Atlanta just worked in terms of that just how the zaniness of some of it and how that just worked and spinned into the narrative quite well yeah. um, and I think it's because of, of Keith Stanfield Keith Stanfield has totally stolen Atlanta that was a breakout hit for me um, from Atlanta and, and, and the show didn't have anybody like that for me it didn't have any really good breakout yeah, yeah. it could have been, been the, the um, that pyro character but unfortunately right, he was that, just that was like it. what if a couple yeah, of scenes if they had him more yeah. If they somehow could have, you know, fit him in more and make him work better, and he does, he does have too little of him. So that I think it needed somebody like, a, like how Keith Stanfield's character was in Atlanta. Yeah, he was yeah. just so hard, and just had these great little side projects, side moments. Anyway, uh, and I think Isa was. Well, Isa keeps saying Isa. Isa is the local locus of the humor, anyway. So yeah. you know, it working that way. Yeah, funny, yeah. well done, well acted, well paced, well shot. It was yes, actually yes. Quite... By the way, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, it's shot yeah. very well, right. edited very well. Well, I forgot yeah, to yeah. mention that the music was was great as well too. Raphael said, "Yeah, soundtrack was amazing." Actually, yeah. brought some original music to this. We got some yeah. um some 
some some rap songs that I didn't really hear about. I, I was glad to hear some female hip hop as well too, because yeah, that's one thing that we don't really hear much of. I mean, um, right. oh yeah, <laughs> no 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 offense to people like Young Emmy and all that kind of stuff, but you don't right. hear a lot of female MCs, you know, uh, you know, on radio. And I'm glad that you heard some some stuff in this show. But yeah, right. other, other than that, solid show. Definitely check it out yes. if you love that comedy drama kind of style. You're gonna love yeah, this. Strongly one. recommend. Strongly right. recommend. From one comedy to another, uh, the one that I haven't seen, this movie, Don't Think Twice. Yes. Yeah. So I haven't seen it. So fill me in on the man. Right. So what is Don't Think Twice about? So it's made by one of my favorite stand-up comedians, Mike Babiglia. Um, he basically it's a I have to say it's basically a somewhat of a love letter, hate letter to Saturday Night Live and the nature of the comedy business. And what it's about, it's about a, a comedy troupe. Well, it's a it's a improv troupe, actually, called, I think, The Commune, if I remember correctly. And it's about basically just the idea of... It kind of hits close to home in the idea of um, people in the entertainment industry and the, the very haphazard nature of the entertainment industry and how, you know, your friends could just get ahead and you ca- you won't get ahead and how some people will oh, get I successful. I that. <laughs> right and is who get ahead who didn't get ahead and that kind of stuff and it's all about that and you know especially with respect to age and time and you know you're not sure if your career you know if you're not sure if you fuck up your life yeah you'll have these nervous moments especially if close friends get successful and other people didn't get successful and where does it take to put yourself out there sometimes you have to undermine the group and a little, little backbiting and especially with the, with the guys of comedy where people don't really get angry and come up because they use comedy to cover up the um, cover up the, the, the slights the anger, and the, the yeah. foibles and the anger and sometimes a lot of stuff just goes on the radar and this movie did a, such a good job with that I this is probably going to make the top 10 for the year for me oh, um, really? it's so it's so it, it's a, a, couple, a good bit of people are liking this um, Keegan-Michael Key was in this ah, okay right so she, he was in this um, Jillian as I said Jillian from Community yeah Jillian Jacobs, who are Jillian Jacobs, right? A very, very, very hilarious comedian. I love her. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty good in this. She was in this as um, Keegan Michael Key's character's girlfriend. Okay. Uh, then they had, of course, Mike Birbiglia. He's playing the kind of the character that you're supposed to feel a little b- bad for, but you, you understand you're a little bit of a douchebag at the same time, so you're not sure. Uh, I forget the other two characters. Oh, this girl from, I think it about you know it about a band called Garfunkel and Oates. 
Yes, yes. I had yes. saw um a special with them on, on Comedy Central. Right, yeah. Is yeah. Um, what's that name, boy? Um, it's, uh, oh. Kate, Kate Mikuchi and Tammy yeah, Saga. Kate Mikuchi. Right. Yeah. She... Who, 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 I t- who I think are very, very hilarious, by the way. <laughs> right, so it's the two of them. The two of them is this movie, actually. Yeah, they play two characters. Um, it's Tammy Saga, you say, right? Yeah. No, nah, I don't think it's her. It's somebody else's deal. I forget the other girl name. Anyway, it's two of them. Um, anyway, Tammy Saga, isn't it? she was all right in this. And uh, shit, who's the other guy's name? Boy, he's a comedian. As always, see all the time. But I always forget his name. All right, I'm reading it from Wikipedia. Chris Gethard. Gethard, sorry. Pro- probably. Because I, I, I really forget his name. But you see him around. He wears glasses. Um, yes, Chris. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris, Chris Gethard. Kind of, right. That's him. Yep. Right. Um. Yeah, this was great. I thought it 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 got into that whole, just the whole cutting deep in terms of emotions. And again, good follow up of the whole, you know combining human depression and uh. the nature of the world and it's a kind of it kind of get a little existential for a second in the sense of um yeah it's like how to work out for you you know you could you could you, you know you're very talented you're smart you're aware of what's going on and just you just get unlucky you just just straight luck and then other people just get lucky and get through you know sometimes you may not have it or you may maybe and you're not sure and yeah it just it gets into the whole idea of um this character uh king and michael keith character jack he he gets lucky. He, get, he basically he's part of this comedy troupe, and he's kind of the shining star in the comedy troupe. And then they have scouts, talent scouts come ever so often. Comedy troupe real small. It's always have like a small crowd of about twenty people. They do this stuff every week or so. And he what ended up happening is that he end up breaking the momentum of a sketch just to do his best work, because of, just because the, the talent agent, the, the scouting agent was there. And because of that, um, he and his girlfriend got through with. Uh, uh, audition at what is weekend live, which is basically the Saturday Night Live allegory, yeah, yeah. right? In this in this world, and um, she because she she's talented, but she's just afraid of success, so she doesn't even go to the audition. And she was supposed to go at the same time with him, but she said, "Go ahead, you go." She and she wanted to just avoid, and she just kind of chicken out. And he went, and then he got through, so he got he became massively successful. And then Mike Birbiglia's character, he's like the person who trained him. Eh? Mm-hmm. He trained him. He's much older than him, and he never get through. And the whole idea of just being um, incredibly successful and wealthy, and your career, and how people will have, you know, how success can just break up friendships because of shit like that. Yeah. That's that randomness. And yeah, it just does a good job with that. I thoroughly enjoyed this personally. I uh, didn't expect to be for this to be so good. Um, this what probably would you rate it? it. What would you rate it? I had to get this a IMAX, a high IMAX, in fact. Sweet. I thought this was really damn good, Dredd. It just, it did all the emotions, everything, every anxiety about success, people who are talented and f- afraid of success, people who are talented and they, they want the success, but they don't get it. And it just covered all these little frustrations. No? All, you know, sometimes you know you have friends who don't need the success and they get it and you poor and you, and they get into all of that. Yeah. Cover all of that in, in, in the old film. It's really, really well done. Um, Mike Bibiglia is, again, a great stand-up comedian. He did a, a show before a movie before about um sleepwalking i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head i think it's um a uh, shit uh i really forget he did a movie on sleepwalking i think he actually suffered from sleepwalking so that's why he oh, did it okay. i think it's called sleep sleepwalk with me or something like that like sleepwalk me or something like that yeah um, and yeah he i really really like this stuff he's doing in terms of like this whole you know it's, it's a whole the, you know the comedian does serious stuff the whole you know if, if you know um, the old joke about the comedian Pagliacci, you know, um, 
the old Pagliacci joke now is that the comedian who is serious and you know um, he said doctor if I had the joke, old joke yeah, about yeah, the Italian yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember clown. from um, uh, from Watchmen yeah. right 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 yeah Anyway, it's that. It's it's that that you know the whole depressed comedian you know putting out the emotions, and it's something that you might get fed up of. But it's, the comedians who are doing it do such a good job with it. You know, people like Louis C.K., Pat Oswalt, guys like that. They do yeah. a really good job with, with their little movies that very serious, but it it it's very it's supposed to be funny at the same time, yeah. and it, you know that that whole stuff now. You know, it, Jerry and, it, Bruce, and it's real because they could draw from real. from personal right. experience. So, right. Yeah. And, um. Somebody like um. You know, it, it since the days of Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis did a lot of serious shit, and he is known as you know America's greatest, some one of America's greatest humorous. Um, this I, I'll really, really have to congratulate Mike Bibiglia because it was very well done. I, this should, this has, this need to get nominated for something because it's so well done for me. It still had that indie film kind of feel to things, so I'm not sure if it'll get anything. But I just really thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, not sure what the ratings are for this because I, I suspect it probably like about a seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something. But I. I this had to be. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, just thought this was so good. Cool. I just thought it was so damn good for me. I had to get a damn high score. Um, well, but solid. No, no, no. I want to see it too. I yeah, I it was really, really, really good. I don't know if I, if if I could get a screen of it. I don't know if it out in Paris. I just got a good screen of my friend. They gave me the code. I looked it up. I was like, good, get it. And I watched that. And I I I was excited to see it from the trailer. And um, the song, the main theme song they have for it is from a band I like called LL. Um. So I was just hyped for it from that, and the trailer was so good because it, it featured the main one of the more popular songs, and I was just so hyped for that. I just thoroughly enjoyed this. I really want this. Uh, I want me more people to see it because it's it just so prescient and really important. Well, much like how um, you know Atlanta and you know um, Insecure, you know touches on emotions in a, for a modern, more older millennial audience, which is you know us who come in of age, really yeah. coming in terms of career and life and whatnot. Um, yeah, it does that quite well in terms of your career and how to take it off and blah, 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 blah. All that. Solid business. Loved it. Loved it. All right. Well, I, I will I will definitely look out for that. I'm, I hope to see before the before um, year's end. So, you right. know, it could have a spot on my on my best of list. Might. Not sure. Yeah. Speaking of best of list, now we have another entry in my worst of list. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because I'm a sucker for pain. Yes, I is. Yes, I is. Yeah. I saw the darkness, right? Uh, which is a movie that I forgot existed until I was reminded through a couple of reviews that it was out, that it came right. out this year. Right. Uh it's supposed to be a supernatural horror film. You could call it that, but it's not horrific. That's supernatural elements, I guess. But uh. right. Anyway, um, story in a nutshell. It starts off with this family. Well, um. Uh, Kevin Bacon is his star so it's Kevin Bacon and Radha Mitchell they play husband and wife and right. uh, they have a daughter named Stephanie right. an autistic son by the name of Mikey who if well I know you haven't watched um, Gotham but uh, okay. the, the boy who plays Bruce Wayne okay. David okay. Um, David Mazus I think his, his, that's how he pronounces his name okay. yeah he, is the, he plays the boy and the thing is like, I was watching the guy's face like I know this dude from somewhere I don't know, it always happens to me. Then when I, when I stuck around for the credits, it's like, oh wait, that's him. Oh gosh. Anyway, but anyway. So they are out, just like by the Grand Canyon, just chilling, having fun. Everything seems to be okay. They're there with friends. And the autistic boy just goes into this cave. And right. I love how the way, how they, they make this autistic boy, you know, actor. 
like the boys are like, never scared of anything so there's a scene where <laughs> um, the sister is telling this this uh this guy this boy now like yeah that's my that that's my brother he's not afraid of anything so he's in the cave and he then he just happens to you know like it um in those movies where like you walk at a particular sp- uh, area in a cave and then like the bottom just gives way and you fall and you right. end up in another part it falls yeah. and he falls on the ground and he's not even crying or reacting on that he just right. falls Boom. he sees wait for it he sees like about five or six black rocks okay each with some kind of symbol on it so what does this boy do he grabs it carries it home nobody knows right so eventually he starts to see a bunch of weird stuff um you know in in, in typical pg-13 horror fashion a lot of jump scares a lot of failed jump scares nothing happens right. and then one day uh mike he sees this this black portal thing and it, it even starts way before that he, he, he keeps talking about this girl named, named jenny so it was like jenny told me to do this jenny did this jenny did that so he tried to burn the house down and then when the father wants to know what's going on it's like jenny told me to do this you know right and it all reveals this big portal which has these like demonic figures or whatever like try to claim the boy and nobody believes him and it's part of some kind of ancient curse blah 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 and that's that's the darkness in a nutshell okay so first of all this is from blumhouse of course yeah um, no, I have no complete no like I haven't seen every Blumhouse movie out there. Okay, I heard, but I I, heard. I'm not gonna go out of my way to say oh because oh they have low budgets that yes. movie is gonna be garbage. Right, no, he has to that about these guys. He has a good Blumhouse. I don't know if this is, was even possible, but when you mix low budget that we just wanted us you know just get a high um, trade off for the for the movies, and a, a director who has had a horrible track record for a long time somehow you could get a relatively workable amount of creative freedom because Blumhouse, almost all of Blumhouse has been complete garbage for me. Almost all of it. Okay. Um, with the exception of probably the, I think they, did they do the first Paramount activity? Uh, no. Oh, I don't okay. think they were involved in that. They were more with Insidious and um, Sinister and stuff like that. But they didn't do any of the Paranormal activities? I don't know to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised okay, if they did that last one. But I, if I horrible. remember, but the thing is, what I've noticed is that they did, um, they gave M. Night Shyamalan of all people something. All right, and to do the visit, right? Not the visit, not the visit, the new one. Well, I think they did the visit, but the latest one he has. Oh, yeah, and people like it, apparently. Yeah. I was like, all right. Um, so, somewhere you can mix garbage and have a nice product, maybe. I, the thing with them is that they do stuff that's pretty good when they're ready. So, were they involved in Whiplash? No, I don't think so. No. Remember, okay. remember they're, they're, they're more focused on horrors, you know? Right, but the, I know they did Insidious, but trying to look who was the producer for uh, Whiplash. I uh, can't remember, to be honest. However. Yeah. Anyway, so I get the feeling, that I always keep thinking it did stuff. No, yeah, the Whiplash is Blumhouse Productions, man. Okay, okay, well. Well, look yeah. at that bullshit. I was thinking, I know they have like a couple like truly good gems in the bullshit now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I love, they I love no, how you with that. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, it's that's the thing. They, 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 when you give like a good talented director something relatively small in terms of budget, you can really get a brilliant movie. When you know what to do, just give them something small, nothing above five million. So everybody lean on set. Everything lead. Everything is like, oh, you have to spend this money right. 
you get raw talent and you just get a good damn script and you yeah. make it work. And that's how you can get some like whiplash. But then they end up giving us other bullshit that don't work at all. Um, and it's a kind of mixed bag. And I and that's how like production, the reality of production companies is that you have one great film and then nine bullshit films. And now one film had to pull up every all the others just to give the company more hype so you could give money to other films and then dies you, you, you just kinda do this kind of Darwinian kind of approach to it. Uh, you put out a bunch of films and hope one work. Yeah. Hope you have a good script, you hope it works and dies like product companies at that level. So I, I have some respect for Blumhouse in that sense. I do have respect for them in that sense, which is they have some money, a little bit of cash, nothing major. I, I think, how much of the movies go above twenty million? Like almost done. They almost all of it is all of it is like five million, ten million max. Um but then they give us good shit. Yeah. And yeah, at times, ever so often, I was like, well, I can't be wrong. Um, so that's the thing with, with him. That's just a little rant I want to go off. It's like, I have some respect for the man. Yeah, I, I mean, they're doing their thing, you know, and they, they get probably a few good good gems out of it. Yeah, but right. rest are just like forgettable stuff. Like I, like I just realized they, they handle the Purge series thus far. The, the, um, right. Yeah, the that's an yeah. example of the bullshit, right? Where, yeah, yes, because they had such a crappy budget, they couldn't do much with it now. Yeah. Um, they, they, you can't can make a movie work like that movie kind of need a budget unfortunately to just at least a little more money to make it work and it's just you could tell that low budget just because it is everything need a budget to tell that story that's the problem right and all the, all the budget movies kind of suck unfortunately so you know <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. yeah right um but right so the, Sorry. right so get back to to the darkness like i i'm just reading up the the just to read up the wikipedia today i just realized that this was actually based on a true story so yes, this is one of those horrors which, watch again, is based on true events. Even though the movie never say that. They never said anything about the following is based on true events. They never said anything like that. But anyway, it's not like I would have bought into it. It's not like I would have believed it. And, that I, and it, unfortunately, it's not like I would have cared. Because this thing from start to end was just boring. This this yeah. show runs at like about 92 minutes. Where you say roughly 85 or 87, you know, rest is credits but the piecing of this is terrible it's just horrifying right. piecing is horrifying actually i should say there are moments where nothing happens and when right. they have like a occasional jump scare it's just the typical pg2 didn't bs you've seen before oh it's a dog ah! and right. one thing that they do <laughs> there was this one like i think they do it once or twice where you hear the shank right, and then you see the actual oh this is what it is and normally you're supposed to see the person or the object or the animal or whatever and then hear the, the scare about um the jump scare music about a second afterwards. Right. You don't play the jump scare music and then show the scare. Cause you, you, you tell them I'm supposed to be excited and then what? It's nothing. Right. So you so you make me you make my you make my heart just wait, go up and then come down in like two seconds time. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's it the whole point that it, you, it feels bad. You're supposed to show me it and then play the music and then I will judge for myself whether I want to jump or not. They'll just right. play the music and expect me to be like, Ugh! and then I say like, wait, why jump for? You know? Right. Um, I give Kevin Bacon and, and Rada Mitchell credit. They tried. You could tell they really tried. I mean, they signed on to do this thing, so I mean, I can't hate them for it, but... <sighs> Nothing in the show works. It's not scary. Right. There's no tension. And I make a reference to something like, say, The Shining. Now, right. You know the younger heads who look at Shining and be like, oh, but this show is so long and boring and nothing happens. 
right. even in the moments when nothing is happening there's always this sense of tension going on even in small scenes there's always some tension that keeps building and building and building it all ends it all leads up to this big payoff in this one nothing it's just oh it's just these little things the boy is acting weird why is he acting weird oh there's a portal there's these creatures the creatures where the rocks back if we get any rocks right. back get any rocks back end that's really how it ends give them back the rocks the end and it's this whole thing about Kevin Bacon's character trying to figure out where these creatures come from and then he had to go into some Native American legend and he had to literally go on his laptop and go on some kind of pseudo YouTube website look at up videos and we have to like watch a minute of well these Indians back in the 18th century used to summon different spirits and demons and blah 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 killing time nothing what i'm supposed to be scared by watching this video and seeing images no it doesn't work yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and then they had this stupid you know uh subplot where um the the the, the marriage side of fall apart because you know he was he's he was this um you know this former alcoholic and it, it ruined any marriage and then they try to figure out how to raise this boy and oh the the the, the, the daughter's um uh, is um bulimic is bulimic right yeah okay, where yeah. she would eat and then you know puke it out and right. they only touch on that like probably briefly there's a moment where they were in hospital afterwards and then they never touch on that ever again for the rest of the show right so what was the point I, of having it there yeah but yeah I, but I, I don't know I was just watching this thing expecting something to happen expecting something really truly frightening and nothing really happens so right. long story short it's a failure at as, as a horror it's a failure as a thriller it's a failure just building tension it's a failure creating characters that, that, that we care about and even worse it's a failure of taking legitimately great actors and giving them crappy rules like say what what about Gotham I find that that, that David Mazos whatever his surname is I think that as far as child actors go I, I think he's pretty good even, okay. in, even in season two, I thought that he stepped up a little bit more. He did, like okay. said, and acted a little bit more, a little better, you know. But in this okay. one, he doesn't really do much. He just walks about. He stares into the wall. He says, "Oh, Jenny did this. Jenny told me to do this." He screams. Right. He bawls. I like. It's not like I know everything about autism. Like, but I could tell that this is not how autistic people really act like this is not a person like i could really sympathize or feel sorry with he just came off more annoying and just the fact that cannot see him because he's autistic he's 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 not supposed to react to every single thing but oh gosh everybody else around you is scared and you just say like hey it's jenny you know it, it just comes off to, <laughs> this just poor just poorly you know like right yeah it, like I, like I said, like, I don't know this is how autistic people react to things, but I don't think that's how they do at all. It's just like, say something like uh, Occulted, where, you know, they, they kind of touch on autism briefly, you know, but still in that show, I could I could sympathize with the, with the, with the children who are autistic. This one, I didn't care for the boy. I wanted the boy to die. He didn't die, unfortunately. They just had right. the creatures back the rocks, and that was it. They had some seance thing, and you know, typical poltergeist stuff, flashing lights, creepy, shadowy stuff. Oh, and, and final thing. Right, there's this gimmick in the show with black handprints. If you go on the, if you look up the poster, you'll see black handprints on like a bed sheet. 
And okay. like, what, that's supposed to scare me? Like, I look, oh, black hat, she's, uh, sorry, black hat, but it's, ooh, I'm scared though. Right. You know? But yeah, definitely, definitely a more stuff list. I'll give this a one out of five. What yeah. because of Kevin and Radha tried the dampness to make this thing work. But right. other than that, everything else was just a failure. It wasn't scary. It wasn't, didn't have any I, tension. You know, it was jump scares for no reason. It was just lame. A really right. pathetic attempt at making a horror movie. Less, right. especially one that's supposed to be based on a true story. So skip right. this one. Yeah, well, I, I, you didn't have to tell me twice. Yeah. But once again, I just wanted to see it out of curiosity. Like, you know, how bad is this show? And then I saw sort of like, yeah, yeah now I see. Like. This was just boring. Like, just right. painfully boring. Seen. Anyway, let's <sighs> move from yeah. the States. And let's go to South Korea, where we have two more uh, movies boy. to talk about. So, yes. <sighs> the Hanmin. Ah, boy. Directed by probably my. The, the one the one the one South Korean filmmaker I could say is my favorite Park yeah. Chan-wook who made probably one of my all-time favorite movies Old yes, Boy a, forget a the classic. remake yes a true classic true I still classic. have yet to see the Avengers trilogy but I I always heard that that Old Boy was like the pinnacle of the trilogy so I never bothered with the rest uh, no, I, sh- okay. I should right. but whatever um, he made uh, quite recently he made his um, English language debut with Stoker which I heard was right. pretty good but I, I haven't seen it I you know, really missed out on it, unfortunately. Right. And he returned now to the director's chair with the Handmaiden, which um, I heard was getting a lot of buzz from the Cannes Film Festival. Right. It, uh, it didn't win the, the Palme d'Or, but it was close to it. Right. And uh, from what I heard, it was a very eye-opening film, and haven't yeah. seen it. Oh, boy, it is. Whew. Yeah, I, but, yeah. I, I really like this film. Uh Here's why. Okay, here's why I like it. It get me. Uh, it catch me off guard. I really thought. Okay, when I see it start, I was thinking. I was thinking. Okay, going in this direction. Then they reveal this. I was like, oh, okay, going here. All right, I could go in. Go in with me. Then they reveal this. Like, I would. I really trusted. And then when they do the big final plot run, I was like, wait, this actually really, really awesome though. It's very uh kind of salacious and and sleazy. It it, it does is. that quite well yeah. in many ways. But it, it does, uh, it's actually a, a quite a workable love story in its own way. Um, it reminds me, I don't know if it's a movie, I ever see a movie called Bound. I haven't seen Bound, so I, I know it's from the Wachowski's. Wachowski's, yeah, yeah the Wachowski's. Movie, uh, yeah, Bound is, uh, I forget her name, Gina Gershon. Uh, Jennifer it was Tilly. Jennifer Tilly, and I forget the fellow from Matrix, uh, Mike, not Mike, sorry, Joe Pantianano. Oh, he was there too, okay. Yeah, was it right? Um, yeah. I kind of remind me of that film. It's not the exact same kind of plot, but it has a similar kind of premise of shenanigans and then this big reveal and this character doing this and then these two characters doing this against this character and then this big... And that's what they do at the end there with, the, yeah. with, uh, with this. Um, this movie worked it, and it because all of the big... Um, because all of the big big twists in the movie, it reminds me of Gone Girl in that sense. It's like, yeah, I walk in with it expecting one thing and then get two, three other things that I, <laughs> that I didn't, I didn't <laughs> yeah, pay for. But yeah, get it work. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And then well, it have a lot of male gay stuff in it that work as well, of if course, you remember. Uh, and it work. Yeah. I really like this movie. Really uh, well shot. Well, actually quite funny and clever. And just the ending dread with a, with a um, kind of borderline torture sequence. It's like, jeez, Oh, buddy. boy. Yeah, yeah. So, I ended was so brutal. Yeah. And it, it worked. It totally worked. Yeah. Um, um, I talk, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I don't want to really... Is, is, once again, it's one of those shows that 
you have to kind of go in kind of blind. But what 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 I could say right now is that um, it's about this um, Korean woman who is uh, hired to play to be a handmaiden to this um, Japanese heiress. Right. And there's this con man who calls himself um, Count Fujiwara, who is um, trying to get to he, he basically want to marry this this woman, but it's not about you know destiny and all that kind of stuff. She has riches, and he's kind of hoping that he could, um, you know, marry and then <laughs> basically kind of scheme her. It's basically this this big, elaborate kind of scheme plan, basically where you know she where he wants to take the riches and kind of send her to the madhouse, basically. That that right. that's like the, the plot in a nutshell. But that's the big that's, it, that's the first big and that's the first big twist jump. Yeah, like oh shit, this is where this is going. All right. Yeah, but what but what happens though is that this woman, this young woman, actually. Start to spend a lot of time with this Japanese woman, and um, they kind of fall in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they do all of that. This and whole secret lesbian relationship in the background. Right. It's this well, whole kind of. But I don't want to say cat and mouse, basically, but it's this whole kind of love triangle between these right. three characters and who's going to get found out. And that's all I will say about, yeah. about the show. And it, that's what I say. It, it, it does a good job with her because, they start, as I say, they start, the way the show starts, and it, it's like, okay, it's just a poor woman in Korea. And I thought, all right, go and do something interesting with. With something to do with class or something like that, and then they do the lesbian thing. I like, yeah. all right, well, go in here. And in my head, I was thinking, all right, blue is the warmest color. That's what we're going to get. Yeah, uh, uh, wait, then, it's like, a good thing is you mentioned that because the scenes, though, the right, sex they, scenes uh, are very yeah, reminiscent like, really, of, yeah, of that really show, up, blue is the warmest color. Yeah, they do a lot of that. And very, very similar, I, like, actually, the way how it's right. shot and put together, yeah. Right. And as I was saying, yeah, it looks soft, it's kind of soft core porn in, on, on, in that level. But the thing yeah, is, but very, very, very on the edge like not even are like th- this show is unrated but i could imagine right. just like blue is the warmest color this could get easy nc-17 just for right those scenes right. alone though yeah right and i was thinking um but my thing is that it's like okay but I, but the real male gazy it's it's shot like softcore porn in my opinion it of does, course yeah like <laughs> a, a it doesn't feel like a love scene at all it's just shot like softcore porn but what i try to say when they do the lesbian thing it's like all right that's the lesbian thing is not a big twist because you kind of see it coming it's quite foreshadowed of course, yeah. Then they do, but when they do the madhouse thing, I'm like, wait, yes. that's what the movie, <laughs> I, my ears perk up, I was like, wait, that's what the movie is about? And then, then they do the big other twist with the, the last twist at the end, and again, you can't, I, I kind of vex or spoiling all of that by saying there's a twist. It's not the biggest mind-blowing twist, but it's just, again, I didn't look for the movie there, and, <laughs> and it gave me a nice surprise. So I have a lot of fun with that. Again, much like it Gone Girl, it catch me off guard in that way now. It's like yeah. you walk in, you're taking a normal... It's well shot. You think it is this artsy kind of movie, and then they hit you that. I'm like, oh, that was real bad. And then the big, then when they do the whole insane asylum thing, dies when they catch him off guard. And then the final, that final sequence when he wake up, and he, you see the two samurai in, the, in his bedroom. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that's yeah. real bad. Well, well, yakuza actually, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, but they, they look like a dress like samurai. He was like, wait, why not wear suits? But it's the yakuza. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's two mercenary gangster types. Right. And. Then you then you, you hear the backstory of the girl and then they do this whole memory sequence of like oh shit this is what he follows yeah, yeah. about and, and that's why then, it is and he wants to went back to what happened before it it extends and then you find out and it's like you find out wait that's how they're making money what the hell and it really gets like it it really does this this rabbit hole stuff that's yeah. where the movie really sold itself on me and that's like okay I totally understand where this movie get the best of the year fucking awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this this but, has been on many best of lists like from yes, what I've been looking it, at this. Definitely getting a best of the year for me. It, it might not gonna get high <laughs> okay. best of the year, okay. but this was just so hilarious and strange. Um, again, it going going good. It's like all right, 
you're doing this. So that kind of controversial. I can see why people kind of hyping it. Then they go this and then this again. Much like it gone, girl. It just had a ramp up in a strange way. Again, and I was like, wow, this. <laughs> and again, it's how brilliantly shot it is, eh? Yeah, it's it shot is. It is really it well is done. Well, it's, it's well shot. Beautiful landscapes, great. You know, cityscapes, great. Camera you know, everything. Camera movements and all too. Like there's lots camera of movement, overhead really shots. well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Panning, like camera, like, so well done. Yeah. Um, uh, they did. Um, and then they do the whole other angle direction of thing because they had a whole big loop of showing the stuff from the multiple direction to tell what really going on here now. Yes. And the big reveals. And I was like, yeah, this is so damn well done. This was, and it was funny too, eh? it was genuinely funny. Although I'll, I'll say I make a mistake. What happens is that the, the code I got, I didn't get a proper, um, I, I got an untranslated version. I was kind of pissed off because the guy said, this is the code he had, but he didn't have an English dub. Sorry, an English sub. So it had no subtitles. So I had to look for an SRT on my own. And okay. the SRT kind of sucked. Unfortunately. I got to see what, I, I, I got a, a, a perfect enough sub just oh, really? a little faster times. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, 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 right. I didn't get a, I didn't get good enough sound, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> um, so, I, but I kind of got the gist of what he was trying to say. But I sure I missed a good bit of jokes and humor. So most likely I'll try to wait till I have a real good sub later. And I'm definitely watching this a second time. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, okay. Well, what I, what I would, what I would say before we get to rated wise. Um, no. Yeah. All right. No, no directing wise. Like I thought that, okay. Park Chan Wook was trying something a little different. He was trying to stay away from the whole revenge stuff, vengeance stuff, and trying to do something a little different, a little different, um, a little artsy. You know, at first right. when I was watching this thing, but then I started to see. You know, of course, it's shot elo- um, excellently. Lots of you right. know lush colors and whatnot. So yeah, that that's that, that's what you can expect from his movies. Even though they do touch on dark topics, they always look very very beautiful. You know. Um, I was thinking, okay, this is like a change of PC trying to do something a little different, trying to do a little costume drama, trying to do something a little edgy, like what, um, you know, uh, I think Ang Lee before did um, did a, a period piece which kind of was really um, about sex and all that kind of stuff. So I, I was telling myself, okay, trying to do something a little different here. And then we got the, you know, the, um, the, the sex scenes and all that. Like, okay, okay, okay. But then with the twists and turns, that's when I started to get feel the darkness. That's when, right? You know, and especially with his dark sense of humor, he has this really, yeah, really it's, dark it's sense of humor. Skinny. It It shows, you know. And I was it's like, oh skinny. yeah, yeah. Now we in his world now. Actually, the yeah. whole show when you think about it is on. It, it, it is very much the way how he does his stuff, how his stories yeah. play out, you know. And it's, yes, it is drama. Um, it is primarily a drama, and you know with right. romance. But yes, there are these sort of cringe wordy moments intentionally yeah of like violence really? and stuff yeah and that part most of it is like like off screen but you know when they you know they're taking place and it, it kind of just makes you squirm in your seat like there were a few moments right. especially near the end where i was like oh you know and that was like real <laughs> there's a part there's yeah. a part with a wine glass that is so funny yes that's so well done <laughs> that can't and i was and you could actually foreshadow it from before eh? and then they bring it back um but I, I didn't totally bring it back and come full circle perfectly. I was like, all right, that was real well done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really like this movie. This is yeah, really damn too, well me done. Too. I, I totally it, I, enjoyed I it as well. The movie I compare it to again is like Bond meets Gone Girl. That's what it feels like. A little bit. It feels like that. That's yeah. what it feels. Okay. It, and it's and here's the thing. It's nowhere near as controversial as as um Old Boy, in my opinion. Old boy is like, jeez boy. When they when they reveal what was going on, the old boy. Yeah. Like, oh shit. The this reason like, why real, the whole, real when the whole plan come together. 
Right, and then yeah. do the big, and then when the big decision that he makes at the end, which is like such a fucked up thing to, to do at the end, that like, oh jeez, yeah, yeah, still yeah. Do, still do that. I like wait. Well, spo- I don't know. Well, I don't think we want to spoil old boy for anybody who hasn't seen it. But yeah, um, but yeah, I was like, holy crap! I but I really love this. It, it's more akin to Gone Girl in many ways. It's very sleazy and salacious. Um, a lot of sex in it. Um, yeah. they make it work. And, and, and but as, it's an artsy, as you mentioned, it's that, an artsy sleaze. Yeah, as you mentioned that, what what I really like, what what really um, fascinated me about the show is how it touched on the the topic of sex, and especially right. from both sexes, isn't it? and especially right. with that period, you know, um, yeah, how, yeah, they, yeah. how they talk about you know pornography at the time, you know those um those uh, the big... scrolls and you know the the tentacle, you know um, tentacle the stuff there. Yeah. Like I I am that familiar was... with that. Like I know that's where. You know this whole tentacle porn and then kind of started off right. from that. Right, I, I got that. that. I didn't want it. I, you should, I didn't want it to spoil that because <laughs> that is when the movie was so sleazy. You can't stick yeah. it in lesbian stuff. Is it sleazy? Nope. Nope. It, it was that. Yeah. <laughs> and and then and then what? And then just how you know the male gaze once again and how yeah, women yeah, are perceived and yeah. how men are perceived as well too. I I I really was impressed by how yeah, you touch on that both of that. You know, from a historical I, I, perspective, of course. Crack it be up, Jordan. Yeah, it cracked up because I like I really didn't look for the movie there though. Yeah, I, like oh, we go in here, okay, all right, cool. It's yeah, very and, and even right down to the whole lesbian thing as well too. It's kind of like right, kind of you could tell it is taboo at the, at the, uh, on on the one and hand, right, but the other yeah, hand is like, yeah, well, hey, yo, anything goes. Just if you love this right. person, yeah, go for it. You know that that kind of right. that kind of um you know double standards basically. I love right. how the show really touch on that. Yeah, the acting was superb. Um, Especially from the two female leads, uh, uh, you know. Yes. I love the chemistry, <laughs> if you could yeah, call it that. Uh, oh shit! Was he? Um, was he? Co- was he? Girl named the the rich one. I forget his name. Um, shit. Uh, well, all right. The the poor one is um Suki. I think his name is Suki. Right. Uh, oh god. Was he? Was he rich one name? I forget. Um, she was real dread though. Like it's like oh shit. That is what oh, she yes, was on. Oh yes, yes, yes. Acting wise. Oh, yes, sorry, dread. Um, I was like Hideko. Hideko. Me? That's the name. Yes, yeah. I was like, holy crap. Captain Wise, though, she... It's like, this girl real No. She did stuff, though, that was, <laughs> like, so dear, so bold. Like, yeah, you could tell you. that she real pushed herself. Like, you could tell that, yeah, both leads just really pushed themselves. They didn't know yeah. what was going to happen. They just went bravely into their, yes. their performances and, whoa. Yeah, I thought you know, it was stellar performances I, I from think, those. I two. think I, I think because I didn't know what I was walking into, uh, that's why I liked the movie so much. I went in pretty much blind. Yeah, just heard it was good. Got a screener. I was like, all right, I really wanted to see this. I got a lot of hype from people, people who are, whose opinions I respect. And then I was like, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. This was excellent. Yeah. Well, well, same here too. Um, I, 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 I went in kind of blind, but um, I went in one, one no thing though, there are a few moments which like kind of come up as just weird. <laughs> Just, just don't write weird now. Like you, you, you understand yeah. what, what's going on, but it's kind of like, um, this is really particularly weird, especially for the sort of costume, um, costume drama slash art film. It's more artsy than anything like that. But there were right. a few moments where it came out weird and sort of, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Where more like, okay, because I'm not into, I don't know everything about Japanese culture and history. It right. certain things might just go past my head, and I'll be like. Okay, well, this is just how things were. Okay, but I don't know. Right, well, the it, full it probably it, it was more. It was more this, uh, Korean culture thing. and I, I largely unfamiliar with most of that stuff. Right. Um, the only thing I know about Korea right now is that the president had gained trouble. <laughs> uh, I think she was impeached or something like that. I was like, oh, geez, Arlbot. Oh yeah, I, I actually uh, saw that article, but um, right, yeah. About the new, sorry. Like, 
yes. but yeah but other it's, than that though I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this one um, <laughs> I don't really see it as a top 10 for me personally but I yeah, yeah. will strongly recommend that you check it out no, it's, it's not gonna, for everyone I would say that much I'll say that right off the bat and I'm not talking about right. the sex scenes but just because right. it is a art film pretty much <laughs> I know people will be like oh art film whatever but uh, no, that's the thing with it it's Tom and it's nose at the audience because of the, the certain characters you see in it and the whole art sleeve stuff exactly, that will make it yeah. work I know it's funny the yeah, film that, itself is talking is doing that yeah. like, oh shit this man but I don't shame though. Exactly. Well, that that's what I love the most about it too. Is that yes, yeah, it know? looks very, you know, it looks it looks gorgeous. That art film. But yes, yet still, I think you know, I, I, I'm, I, 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 like the director himself, he's gonna do things that are gonna make you feel uncomfortable. That is right. what he does, and he doesn't right. care if it looks good or if the if the music sounds you know classical or whatnot. He's gonna make you feel uncomfortable. Right. That's what but he I, does. That's 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 the that's the whole point I was trying to make is that yeah. it, it, it he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. Though. That's what make it funny because yeah. it's real easy and real damn sleazy though. Know? Yeah, so it is. Like, oh, shameless, <laughs> this easy, but it's so well made. You can't complain. Yeah. Like yeah, this this is this is how good filmmaking is, Jordan. It is just just a really excellent piece of cinema in my opinion, though. Um, well made, well shot, well acted. Uh, I gonna give my ratings. Yeah, yeah, give right me, give now. Me. Um, you know the sneeze and the twist just totally catch me off guard. So I just I just found it so hilarious. And there's that workable juxtaposition. This man did a tight wire act in my opinion, and he, and he totally he totally nailed it. I have to give this a high IMAX. This was so well done. It's so nice, well done nice, for me. Nice. I it's gonna make the top ten. I don't think it'll make my upper top ten. It'll probably make like a number eight or something. But dread, this was so well done. <laughs> so 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 damn well done for me. Uh yeah. I didn't get this a high IMAX. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was so funny. Much like with Gone Girl, catch me off guard. Didn't expect it to be so awesome. Yeah, this is like this year's Gone Girl for me in many ways. It just catch me <laughs> off guard. That's right. the whole thing. It's like at jumping, didn't know it'll be so awesome, and it ended up being really fucking awesome. Right. Well, I'll, I'll say this much though. Like, I know the word magnum opus could be thrown a lot with this show. Like, yeah. many people might think. This go be his magnum opus. It's not old boy anymore. Yeah, it's this. It don't hold. It don't hold a candle to go to, to old boy. I'll just no, 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 it's not. Here. Yeah. But I know a well, lot of people. Old boy is like a true classic. Yeah, but, but, but this, I know a lot of people will, 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 will easily put this as his best work because of just right. the because of the the style of it, because of the the, right. the story and everything like that, because right. it's a period piece. But right. I I see this like this is like um like what Matt Scorsese did with you know the Age of Innocence. Where right. oh well this is a guy who does gangster flicks and stories about New York so why do, why can't I do a costume sto- um drama based in New York right. and it's one of his best works and I do believe right. that this movie here The Handmaiden is one of Park Chan Wook's best works right. so for me I have to give this a strong four to five man it, this is nice. honestly yeah. one of the best movies I've seen this year I doubt it'll be in my top ten but this had to be an honorable mention but okay. I would say going in you know um if you don't like costume dramas if you do like art films then you wouldn't care for this one but if you're bold if you're adventurous if you want to see something new something different something challenging something thought provoking right. I stress on that on that term thought provoking because this is right. very thought provoking this is not just about sleaze and stuff yes it is sleazy yes. and salacious but it has a lot of depth into it it's not it's, right. it's, it's about the the team the, the it's about the deeper themes you know about about sexuality, about you know being a, a woman in that time and being right, how 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 men look at you and all that kind of stuff, and yes. it just goes way deeper than that. But it's just done in this ridiculously fun and unpredictable story. So yeah, definitely see this as soon as you can. 
Yeah, this was excellent, George. I totally recommend it. Um, but speaking of, yeah, you mentioned Martin Scorsese and going off script with movies you don't expect. He coming out with a movie that I really hyped for. Uh, yes, Silence. Silence. I want to see that. Looking damn good. Holy and crap. And I know we're going to get next year because Academy Awards. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. No, I, I gonna, like, hopefully, I really hope like Christmas Day we get a screeners and just, that should just leak. Right? Oh, like, uh, like how, like how uh, last year? Yeah, with, uh, I want to put out my list with the year, so I just want to this shit. Like, but um, most like how Revenant and, and Heath really did, yeah. Yeah, all them shit just leak on Christmas. Yeah, I hope we get that. I hope something like that happens and silence come out. I'll right. definitely go and sit and watch it anyway. Yeah, but have too. a shot. There's an amazing shot um, with, three, with the three priests walking down some stairs. The stairs, yes. Yes, 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 like, yes. What the hell? And I, can run I believe I know where he referenced that movie from. It is from... A 1962 movie called Harakiri. It is pr- I- I've seen it right. one time. One of okay. the best samurai movies ever made. I okay. love, 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 love that movie to death. I believe right. there was a shot. I, I, I know that it was um, a vertical shot of, right. you know, these two characters walking on a flight of stairs, similar to that. But I'm right. trying to remember if there was a vert- if there was a horizontal shot of that same, those same two people walking on a flight of stairs. Right. I yeah. believe that's where he got the reference from after check yeah. it over. But right, yeah, so just, I, I know you talk about. I saw that shot. I was like, yeah, 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 looking hard. Yeah, yeah. I and I. The thing is, well, Andrew Garfield doing another Jesus movie again, a little religious Christian movie. It's like, well, what? You know, we actually get religious movies that actually like you can have respect for, not Kirk Cameron bullshit, right? <laughs> of course. Let's not. Wait, do it. you do? I haven't seen it yet, but Hot Storage supposed to be solid business. I want to see that. I don't know if that'll get best of the year or anything like that. Any kind of top ten list, but looking solid. Mel Gibbs, Mel Gibson's give us a good film all the time. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, so, so last, uh, last, last film, I'm just going to run through uh, this a little quickly. Right. Um, not, not really much to talk about, which isn't a bad okay. thing, honestly. Um, it's a, a zombie film, right. once again from South Korea, called Train to Busan. Now, okay. going into this, I was expecting some kind of... Okay, um, Have you are you familiar with a movie called Juan of the Dead? Yeah, Juan of the Dead. Yeah, Juan of the Cuba, Dead, right? right? Yeah, a Cuban film? Yeah, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. A, a horror comedy, more comedy than horror actually. Right. But what that did is that it took the the politics of Cuba and you know was really was really using this to critique Cuban politics while right. w- while using the whole familiar zombie apocalypse. True. Some everyday right. man has to step up and rise to the occasion and save right. his family and loved ones from you know zombies and all that kind of stuff. I was ex- right. I thought it was going to be something like that with Train to Busan, but what I did not expect. Is that this was like a thoroughly engaging and surprisingly emotional zombie movie? Like I know right. when you when you put emotion and sorry emotional and zombie movie, you know, like you don't get you don't get stuff like that. The, the closest you get to that really is like um, Walking Dead, right? You know, you do get moments of um, of emotion. Along, of course, with your gratuitous violence, which, by the way, um, George A. Romero, who you could see is the, the granddaddy of all modern zombie movies, he actually despises Walking Dead because he finds that, oh, it's just about people killing zombies and not, nothing, there's no subtext, there's no social issue being touched on, it's just people killing zombies, that's it. I still love the show, though. I, I still rock with it. Season 7 has been going fine, you know, with Negan and all that stuff, but moving along. Right, so... Right. So in a nutshell, is about this guy. He's a he's a fund manager, and he's divorced. Actually, um, he lives with his uh, daughter, and the daughter misses her mom, and you know he she wants to go and, and see her. So the dad is like, you know, what, let me just take the the, the day off. Let, um, let me just let's just let's, let's just go and and visit your mom. You know, 
and he goes on this train but you know before the train actually is about to leave it's one of those automatic trains actually so before it it it, uh, it leaves this person runs inside and this person as you would expect is infected right and it starts you know the person starts to twitch and turn and you know act erratic and stuff and people wonder what's going on and yes that person turns into a zombie bites one person and then that one person bites another person and yes what you would expect zombies on this train <laughs> and what what i like first off about the show is that it's not just like okay there's just this train that's just going non-stop it's not stopping at any particular point until like the very end it stops at different um areas you know uh if well of course because you know for people to come out and stuff and how the the the, the show works is that they come up with these very creative um scenarios where you would have like these bunch of zombies in like one area of the of the train and they will lock up that area so when it stops at a particular point where the train stops they could either they could stay inside for you know fearful of what might be outside or but or they might go outside and see what's going on what's taking place so the father is trying to protect the the, um, the daughter throughout all of this he runs into um this guy this really tough guy and I, I, I actually read that he's supposed to be a real life mma fighter but he actually plays like okay. the um he plays like he, well he plays the boyfriend of this pregnant woman so he's trying to save his uh girlfriend and well he's trying to keep her safe and then we have these high school students who are involved as well too and you know it's just about them just trying to get to this place called busan because apparently there's supposed to be some military presence there and you know s- you know just safety from this this sudden zombie apocalypse um so yeah i i actually enjoy this movie i like i said before i I was expecting something, you know, schlocky, something kind of silly, kind of goofy. I was expecting a comedy, basically, but I didn't expect to get something serious. And at times, it does take itself a little too seriously, especially like in the mid-second act to the to the final act. But I see that these people were trying to do something different with it. They were trying to make something really special, something unique. Um, and I, I appreciate that. That was really good. The zombies themselves, what I like is that it's not like you're walking dead zombies where you have a ton of makeup on each one of the actors playing them. It's just act crazy, twitch, move about, and run. So it's like right. those that 28 days later style of zombies where it's not like the, oh, like what do you expect? The slumbering zombies, like what you saw in Shaun of the Dead and Walking Dead. These are car- these are zombies that run. And it, it's it's like the the yeah the, the, yeah, the, the fast zombies. So the, the only like really targeted humans basically. And yeah, well, sorry, over, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, not not just humans, but animals as well too. There's one shot right. in the beginning where they where an animal turns into a zombie. But one thing that the show does very um, smartly is that they give them this little disadvantage where every time it goes dark, they can't see. So yes, okay. when the train is going into a tunnel. They can't see they just stop and they're just kind of looking around and it's like you know because they can't see they, they, they're sniffing around and they're moving about slowly because they're still looking for for humans you know for flesh to devour so it's that at those moments where the humans have to figure out how they get from one part of the, one section of the train to the next and you right. know in those moments you get a lot of tension you get a lot of creativity that's what i like i said that's what i really like about this show um the the one social issue that we really touch on even though at some point they kind of hammer it over the head is the idea of unity you know um right so you imagine a situation like that it's all about 
you know, looking out for, 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 for your fellow man, you know, trying to stay together, working together, trying to, to get from point A to point B. But you have certain characters who, who I won't reveal where it's like every man for himself. You know, it's like you are in my way. You are you are going to you are going to be a hindrance for me getting from point A to point B. So I can't help you. If you are in trouble, I just have to leave you there to suffer and die because it's about my life. It's about me being safe. It's about me getting home and not about helping your fellow man. And the show really touches right. on that. At first I was like, uh, this is kind of cheesy and it's just going to hit me over the head with it. But as the story develops, like, okay, I see where they're going at. And it was really, really, really nice though, the way how they touch on that. And it made for some generally kind of heartbreaking moments. A lot of gut punches, you know, especially like I say, from the, you know, midpoint of the second half to the end. A lot of gut punches as well to a lot of emotional moments. And that was something that I really didn't expect in the show. But the whole, you know, focus, the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole thing about the movie is just really about the father and the daughter. How far he will go to, 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 to save this kid. To keep right. her safe. And they made for some genuinely nice moments as well too. Like I know, like I said before, you do, you would expect emotion in a movie about zombies and stuff. But because it focused a lot more on the human characters and not about the, 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 the zombies. Even right now, like I said, to not giving them a whole set of creepy makeup effects and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it, it really made it really um it, it brought a sense of humanity to the show. It's not just about kill zombies, move on, kill zombies, move on. It it had a lot of depth, it had a lot of heart to it. I really love that. Um one thing though a lot of people compare this to say um World War Z because okay. of how fast the, 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 the virus spreads and how these zombies kinda hoard themselves together. And there's always these moments where they kinda like if they try to get through a glass door you know, they would just kind of hit the door together and just kind of push their way through. So they kind of smash their way. It's like, you know, basically smashing their way through just by kind of piling on top of each other. It reminded me a lot of like World War Z, like how these um, these zombies were kind of piling up one after the other, trying to get from right. one spot to the next. And, you know, they, and um, what I like also too is that the movie um, doesn't use a lot of CG. I mean, there is CG, even with the, the zombie shots and some other cool stuff which I did not see coming which I will not spoil here but like I said before it's not so much about the zombies as it is about the humans and how they are reacting to this situation it's about you know them having to work together despite the fact that oh I mightn't like you or you mightn't like me but we're in this situation we don't want to be in so it's best that we work together but you know like I said there will be that one person who just won't trust you who just doesn't care about you and it's just about every man for himself and then we kind of see, unfortunately, how that turns out and how that how that can affect other people as well, too. Like, yes, everyone wants to escape, but if one person is all about himself, mm-hmm. then, you know, what's going to happen when other people die and you just dare, you, you don't even care, you know? It, you know it's, it's that kind of thing that this, 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 um, this show really focuses on. And in closing, though, I, I totally enjoyed this one. It, it caught me off guard in terms of the emotion. I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be like a real cheesy kind of schlocky humor, but it wasn't. But on the other hand, it, there are moments where it kind of takes itself a little too seriously, which you can kind of expect from zombie shows anyway, like Walking Dead, for example. But because it was something new, it was something different, something fresh, I really enjoyed this one, you know? I wouldn't say it's one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen, but in terms of just being different, I think this is this is going to be up there. This is going to be one of the 
this is one that I think a lot of zombie fans should definitely check out as well too. Like, yes, you could say Shawnee Dead and Donny Dead and all those other stuff are great, but yeah, give this one a, a look as well too. I, I I strongly recommend this. So I will give this a, a strong three and a half to light four to five stars. I really enjoy this one. It's not the best zombie show I've ever seen, but I would say it's probably one of the most emotional I've seen. Like I haven't honestly I haven't seen an emotional zombie movie like this ever. Like you could right. not even 20 days later went to that emotional level that this show did and I thought for what they went for for the the attempt that they went for I, I thought it, it, it paid off you know well enough and um, in closing I heard that it was going to be an English uh, remake of this cool because why not <laughs> which says a lot but I uh, just hope that you usually that, fuck up the English remakes however yeah but I hope that we're not going to get old boy a, for example yeah of course the old boy for example I hope that we're not going to get a World War Z retread where it's just about, you know, fast-moving zombies and doing all these incredible things that human beings or zombie can't do. And, you know, <laughs> just this one character or different characters going from one spot to the next, which was the one thing that I didn't like about World War Z. Like, it wasn't terrible, but I didn't walk out of it like, yeah, that was a great zombie movie. I was just like, eh, that was popcorn entertainment. Mindless, it was dumb, you know? But this one, fortunately, is not mindless. It has some intelligence to it. Um, it has a lot of emotion, like I said before, a lot of character, a lot of depth. And yeah, nothing more I could say about this. So Train to Busan, definitely check it out. If you're looking for something new, if you're fed up with how season 7 of, of Walking Dead going so far, you're finding getting too much of Negan and not right. enough zombies and you want to see something new, then definitely check out Train to Busan. I, I highly recommend this one. Okay. Yeah. So cool. that's pretty much about it. Yeah. I we, we 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 talked a lot of stuff. So yeah, um, you want to? Well, we could. Uh, what I thought we was going to address is that there are a bunch of albums that released recently. So oh yes, 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 yes. Um, oh yes. Well, thanks for reminding. Because, um, all right, the the three that I checked out. Well, the Charles Gambino I checked out. The thing is with right. that one is that that is our actually uh sort of funk R and B soul album. It's not even a, a rap album per se. So yeah, okay. Charles Gambino doesn't even rap on this one. He sings. So. You can okay. tell that he's drawing a lot of, um, you know, from Parliament, Funkadelic, Slimey, Family Stone, even Prince and all too. And I, right. I thought it was decent. It's just that um, he touches a lot on fatherhood as well too. So, right. you know, him going back to the old school was me kind of thinking like, oh, this is like him going back to like what his dad and, you know, used to listen to back in his 70s. He's kind of related to himself, you know, that he's a father and all that too. So I thought it was good. It was a good experimental album. I'll say that much. That the best thing I've heard last week, but it was decent. Um, right. The Absol album, um, uh, the name escapes me right now. I checked it out. It was decent as well. A lot of, I would say right now, if you're not a fan of Absol, okay, he has this sort of way of coming off like he knows it all. Even though he, he, he does acknowledge that he is flawed, his style and just the way how he raps and the kind of stuff he raps about could come off as kind of pretentious and kind of pseudo intellectual but other than that though I, I enjoyed it because of how you know schizo it was but I would say if you're not an absolute fan you definitely wouldn't like that one but for me the highlight was J. Cool Boy for your eyes only yeah I did not expect this one to be that excellent though but right. you see the thing is uh, why I didn't review it is that I didn't get around to listen it again I only listened it once I was blown away by it I love the fact okay. that it wasn't just about him being a father but he was also kind of drawing inspiration from another fr uh, from a friend of his who was murdered actually who actually was a father and left a daughter behind 
So he's kind of telling two stories in this one album. And I thought how they pulled it off, especially on that last track, which hit me really hard. You know, that was like, wow. So right. I definitely see that one being in my top 10 hip hop list. Um, but other than that, though, the others I will give a listen as well, too. But I, that, that J. Cole one, that was the one right. that sold it for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I listened to J. Cole, I listened to a little bit of Gambino. And well, the album I was listening to recently. Uh oh shit Starboy yeah oh yeah yeah I, I listened to Starboy week before. a little a, a slightly embarrassed that I I I, I into Starboy so but it's actually a pretty good album it is it is it is, it is. Yeah, I, I, I like tra- I like the character that he he plays this right kinda, you know but it have three tracks three, like, like it have like about three or four tracks that really like stood out for me um the first the first and second track well Starboy is the, the big hit single of course yeah yeah that that's um, but the that second and third is. track I actually really like. And the final track is quite good. There's another track with with Daft Punk. Yeah, that song actually uh, I heard it on radio right now. So yeah, but the final the final track is, oh, okay, is, is a really single. Now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. It's like, cool right, because cool. it has a nice. It yeah, I love nice that song. Yeah, I, I really, I like, really, that really like that song. Really like that song as well. Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm not the biggest Weekend fan, but I saw he was going. I for. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Low Life, <laughs> and it's only because I feature a little bit, but he was really good in that yeah. track too. Um. And Low Life is just a damn catchy song for me, but yeah, it's a real bullshit at the same time. You know, it's a bullshit you're not supposed to like. It's yeah, just yeah. a little shame. A little shame that you like it, but yeah, it's a guilty pleasure, so whatever. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Not, yeah, yeah, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Weekend, but um, right. one thing though is not as dark as, say, um, you know, the, the album that he brought out last time. But, you know, he kind of touches on it on this album here where all of a sudden he got popular off of being this kind of uber dark kind of R&B star. So he kind of right. touches on that, but at the same time, it comes off a little like commercial and anything else. It's not as dark as the last album, but still entertaining. Still worth checking out if you haven't listened to it. Right. All right. See, uh, so, Ricardo, where can we find you online, man? You can get me at rmedy. That is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. That is ampersat R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you could just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook and you could find me there. Cool. Well, you can find me on Facebook. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as well, too. Just look for Legally Black MJB, MJB and capital letters. You can also right. look for me on Facebook. Just type in Matthew Bailey. And also you can look for a Legally Black official fan base where you see mm-hmm. the link to this podcast here as well as the others that we've done before. And, of course, my written reviews that I do every once in a while. Nice. All right. So final things in closing. Um, yeah, this week... We are going to check out uh, Star Wars, uh, sorry, Rogue One, yeah, a Star Wars story. I forgot. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you could expect a review for that next week. We're going to bring it out as soon as possible as well. Right. And I'm really, really thinking about doing a kind of small Christmas special thing. Like, you know how we did for the Halloween, where we talked about unconventional horror movies? I guess in this world, because it's Christmas, you could talk about favorites and not so right. much favorites. Right. You know? I, I just had to kind of figure out that actual structure fit, and then you know, um, well, you'll hear it hopefully with this, uh, with the with the next one. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, uh, we we definitely have to do something Christmas wise because of course you know Christmas is coming, so why not? And uh, <laughs> hearing some interesting just now, eh? I think right on the I'm doing some actual browsing and I think and I think the Farsi trailer comes out. It's supposed to come out. The, well, actually. The day of this recorded actually, so um Yeah, yeah not because sure. Because it's universal, we probably might get that like, you know, with the mommy 
after 11 right. o'clock so right but i will i will check it out tonight and um well with the next right. uh, recording we could talk about if it was talk good. about it oh I, we, could just, we could do, we could do a quick a quick recording you could splice it into this episode uh, cut this out we'll see we'll see we'll see but um, yeah i'm I, I, I much Since rather it, we do it for the next one but we'll see whatever yeah, yeah. i find it you could put it in as part of the trailers thing any one time whatever yeah. thing. anything is up to you uh, all right um so anything else apart from that well, that's it. Oh, nothing really. I uh, just thinking. I uh, just looking at what movies coming out for, for this week. Well, kind of we were supposed to get on the Will Blood Wars, but fortunately that went uh, to next month. Hooray! Yeah, pushing back a bunch of shit. Uh, that yeah. kind of pissed me off. Uh, this this pushing back bullshit. Yeah, there's still yes. Office Christmas Party, which uh, honestly I don't, don't see. care about. Don't want, to, don't want to fucking see. Yeah. It's that garbage. Let's go come out. Yeah, it but, but I think good. the last show that uh, I really know for sure. Uh, sorry, that I wouldn't mind watching on big screen. Believe it or not, it's Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah, that right. I'll go and see that. Um, I might go and make the effort to go see Lion. Might. All right. Might oh, me. Um, right. And along the line of us, uh, along the same week with Assassin's Creed, we also have Sing, which kind of not really. Uh, I don't really care about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much. Sing. Sing looking interesting. I'm not yeah. sure what it. Cause I, I heard it because the trailer. The trailer itself looked terrible. Oh it, um, does. oh, it does. It on does. It, on its own. And then I was like, but when people was, people was giving it good good ratings and hype, and I was getting here and get good hype, it'll make a ton of cash, blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, whatever. Um, we'll see. Um, then a bunch okay. of other. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's passages as well, too, which I know little about, but yeah. that's uh, uh, all I want to know. I hype about that. Yeah. Tattoo stars are kind of like, so we'll see. Yeah, um, Jennifer Lawrence, I really like. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Then Collateral Beauty coming out, which I think gone suck. Um, but I'll go see it anyway. Will Smith, he kind of pushing for Oscar again, whatever. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think going to win for this one anyway. But I don't. Ah, think yeah, he cares I, right I now. think. Uh, movies I actually really want to see actually is um, Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures is a movie about three black mathematicians helping out in NASA. Yeah. And so that starring Janelle Mooney, um, Octavia Spencer. Uh, so I really and Taraji B Henson. Taraji B Henson. So I want to see that. Uh, but really we like get that movie. next next year. Yay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I hope I hope that leak I hope that leak for Christmas. We got a big Christmas leak and we you know <laughs> think. Um yeah, La right. La Land. I hope that leak for Christmas, but we get in January thirteenth to join that. Yeah, doubt I, I, I hope we get I hope we get I a, doubt, a, a unless unless system. I get lucky and get a screen for that from a friend, I doubt I get enjoy that. So uh, Yeah. Sh- shaft. Yeah. Whatever. Alright, but other than that too, that's pretty much about it. So once again guys, good yeah. morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this 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 was Matthew Billy and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of BS Beats and Billy. So take care and look out for yes. our review of Rogue One. Yes. Alright, so take care guys. Later. Yeah. Later.